Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your host, and Kate, like to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, less of the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kozlik and I'm joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. Noel, how's it going? I'm actually really confused, Kate. Because oh. we've recorded like three things out of order. Hey, <laughs> and now we're just getting to this. Um, no, it's uh, it's going uh, actually fairly well. It rained all day today for the first time ever since I moved up here, and I was so excited. <laughs> it's like it's cold and it's rainy, and this is why I moved up here. And I was very happy. <laughs> yeah, so you posted a really lovely uh, Silent Hill esque photo. <laughs> yeah, I was super uh, super jealous. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that it's been nice. It's been nice by me, not as hot yeah. as it had been. So it's been, it's been nice weather, but yeah, it's been a crazy week of recording for us, but also TV watching. Cause we've tried yes. to fit in a lot this week. Um, so that there, there are fewer episodes we'll be talking about on the, on the podcast, but that's because we have our fall TV preview this week, which means we are both trying to watch as many, fit in as many screeners as we could. And, I that meant I was fighting and continue to be fighting with present tense um, screener websites that my doesn't either they don't like my computer or my computer doesn't like them and the tech yeah. people assure me that everything should work just fine but um, it's been a bit of a thing. Whereas I watched all of the screeners. Yeah. So all of the screeners. Uh, Noel here was taking taking bullets for the team. Uh, but uh, we'll, that'll be coming at the end of the podcast. So because that is a really lengthy, it's like an hour and a half long look yeah. at like the next four months, three months of, of TV, three months, yeah. three months, I can do math of, of TV. Um, we're going to keep the rest of the show on the shorter side, at least for us. So uh, we should wrap this up and just get right to it because there's a lot of TV talk coming for you guys this week. So uh, we will take a break, listen to uh, some music and be back with our week in TV right after this. In uh, TV, just all of all of the TV, I'm going to kick things off by talking a little. You're the worst season three, episode one. Try hard. Try real hard. Uh, then I'll, I'll talk a bit about Survivor's Remorse, which I caught up with. The episode this week is The Guests, which is episode seven of the third season. Um, I also caught up with the A-Word finale, so the last few episodes of that. And then we'll dive in together with RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, uh, All-Star Snatch Game, Steven Universe, Future Boy Zoltron. Uh, the Night Of had its finale, The Call of the Wild, and then we'll round things out with Greenleaf's season one finale, what are you doing here? So first up, You're the Worst is back, and I did really enjoy this premiere. It felt very appropriate for where the characters are at. I'm 
nervous for where Edgar is headed this season. And uh, I'm also really hoping we're going to start getting some new stuff with Lindsay. The Where they start off the season has me slightly encouraged. I was a little worried that we would spend several episodes to get her to this point where she um, needs to escape the marriage she walked, she talked her way back into at the end of last season. Um, but it looks like she's already just knows everything's wrong. Um, I just would really like to see her do something different. And we, we saw her have to be more independent last season. That worked really well. Um, then she backslid. So hopefully they have, the writers have some new, new places to take that character this season. I have my fingers crossed for that, but I liked what we got with Gretchen and with Jimmy and, um, Hopefully, I just I'm looking forward to meeting. I think we're gonna meet Samira Wiley's character, the uh, Gretchen's therapist, uh, in the next episode. So I'm looking forward to that. Exciting. Yes, very exciting. Uh, now remind me, are you you're the worst person? I haven't watched any of it. Yeah, I thought so. I'm one of those people. <laughs> any interest yeah. or just not? You know, there's just so much TV. There's just so much TV. Um, so I never I've never carved out time for it to even catch up and I actually kind of intended to catch up before the third season started and then I didn't realize that the third season was starting right now. Yeah. Um, that'll happen. So I just went, uh, maybe season four, let's find out. But we'll see. I, I, I do want to catch up. I've heard really great things about this. Um, but I just haven't made the time. Fair enough. Um, speaking of one, a show I know a lot of people haven't made the time for yet, that's Survivor's Remorse. Uh, I got a few episodes behind, but I caught up with them in this past week and really have been enjoying what they've been doing this season. They, The stuff that they've been doing with identity and with, um, like, like just the politics that come with, with having power and wanting to use that power to, for social gain as far as like to help society for for social to do good um what you see as like identifying and and when you have the ability to to help a cause or something that you believe in the fallout that can come from that and the different ways that it you are people are encouraged to not speak out or to not help and to just let the status quo reign i really enjoyed the conversations they've been having with that i think it's been a really entertaining season um and like they, I think they, they have fun with these more serious issues specifically in in the moment, but then they have find more comedy in the way the characters like kind of hash out what what happened, what went wrong, what did what they are happy with, what they wish they could have done differently, and and the way that we get the relationships between the characters, um, the banter as they respond to these things, these very real situations, um, is more where the humor is coming from this season, and I think it's been really great. Uh, this most recent episode has has um, does some great stuff with Mary Charles and and like her the way she's interacting with other people and um responding to and searching for or avoiding intimacy um is is a strong thread in this episode as well as just watching cam and you know his manager's cousin have to deal with friends from home and the way he they people are willing to have or happy to exploit that exploit him and exploit his fame and how um it doesn't seem like a big deal to them but it is a big deal to, like oh why don't can you, why don't you just can you just like tweet out this thing because then the at this wedding that the, he's at a wedding for an old friend and if he tweets that he's at this hotel they'll upgrade the wedding for free like stuff like that and where they're like you could just do that what who cares about a tweet but it's like but this affects the entire brand this in fact affects this is not getting paid for commercial all stuff um so like navigating that can 
I assume be very challenging. So they do a good job um, in this first uh, this episode this week uh, of really looking at that as well and then looking at more uh, intense stuff with Mary Charles. So, yeah, I've really been enjoying the season of Survivor's Remorse and people who do get stars and who are interested in, in comedy right now, there's only so many comedies I th- that I think at least are good that are on right now. They're coming soon, but for right now, I think this is, you could do a lot worse. You can, I mean, I'm, and stronger than that. It's a good show. People should seek it out. Um, and I don't know how much people are, but at least I'm happy to know it's definitely coming back for next season. Um, the A word also ended, uh, wrapped up on Sundance a few weeks back, but I thought they did a, had a satisfying end to the season. There was enough growth with the characters that, um, it was satisfying, but, uh, but it didn't feel too pat. Um, it came close to that line, I would say, but on the whole, it was, um, it was, it was a decent and strong end to the season and there was some, some peril and some believable, um, anxiety, but it, it's on the whole, I think ended well. I, I loved the, the use of the music in the last episode. It felt organic, um, cause the, the, the kid at the center of the A word goes missing in the finale, Noel, and then he loves music. So people are walking around blaring music and singing music, trying to find him. Um, and, uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was effective. And I liked that they not everybody got a happy ending at the end of the season. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a strong first season, I would say, or a good, you know, six episodes for the A word. Uh, but I've been talking too much. I want to pass the buck. So let's move on to RuPaul's Drag Race, All-Stars, All-Star Snatch Game. And let's just like, can we just reach through the internet and give Adora a hug? Yes. Can we please, please? Um... like, I, I said that I was behind the harsher criticism, but yeah. I don't didn't want a door to feel so horrible. Yeah, um, it's really really rough. Um, um, and he talked a little bit about it on Periscope um, after the episode aired, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that he decided to do the show um, after. His father had passed away and an ex had broken up with him over text with no explanation, which is just horrible. Don't do that. Anyone don't do that. Um, So he was just in a very not great place when they started filming this. And that factored in, I think, a lot to the criticisms that he he was getting in the from the first game. And that just kind of all got balled up. And I. I take his point that it was just like I wasn't expecting it to be like this intense and I can kind of understand that there's not really much of a precedent for the all-star seasons compared to the other seasons mm-hmm. but the, it was a very harsh like walkway for him and that was just that was a lot of stuff to take in and compiled with everything and I was glad that the show like had Rue talk and then had Michelle talk and try to figure it out um but at i respect the fact that there was a decision made that adore was just like this isn't going to work for me right now i can't do this and i'm glad the decision was made because it's a healthy self decision and i think that that was a good idea how did you feel about her withdrawal I respect the crap out of Adore for recognizing I am not in a place right now to be able to handle the stresses of this competition. Like if, if she wasn't dealing with all of this other stuff, she was in like a, a, like a more stable and better place with like just the emotional fallout. Um, then I'm sure that, that the criticism would have been harsh, but it would have, 
you know, like she would have taken it in, it would have rolled off her back and she'd be able to come back in to the next, because she heard plenty of harsh criticism in her season too. So like, yeah. I, I think it's just, I really, like you said, it feels like an L aspect of self care and of knowing I just can't be, I thought I could, but I can't be here right now. I don't have what I is needed to do this and to do it in a way that, that she can be proud of. And so I would hope that this doesn't preclude Adora from a future season of all stars, sure. you know, um, but just like, that would be nice. Yeah. yeah. And instead of just like having, trying to put on a brave face and just getting more and more stressed out and more and more like run and worn down to have, to be able to walk away from the publicity and the like money potentially of being yeah. on all stars takes a lot of yeah. restraint and a lot of like a, a, a strong sense of what is most important and so i respect yeah. the crap out of adore because like i think they did a good job i think it was good to like address like are you sabotaging yourself like what is this really about yes. what is this all about and it didn't feel like it was coming from that place isn't like like you can see how rue would think that or like, and I like that they really talked about it. I like that they brought Michelle on. You could see that those two do have such a clear connection and relationship from doing the tours together, the RuPaul drag race tours and everything. Um, I think that was very good, but, but this felt more, it was like, I'm just not in a headspace to do this. And it's about the criticism, but it's not even really that. Um, Yeah. It's what the, it's what the criticism triggers, basically, that yeah. matters. Yeah. And that's why, like, I mean, I've seen a lot of folks who are just like, this is, this is, this is a really bad way for her to go out. This is, this, like, kind of just makes, A, it makes her look bad. B, if she knew that she was in this kind of emotional place, why did she accept the job in the first place? And it's just like, you don't know this. Mm-hmm type of thing and where Adora was coming from when she said yes and it's I'm I'm very much okay with it and I I like you said at the top of this discussion is just kind of want to give Adora a hug and be like we get it yeah yeah Yeah. definitely um how how'd you feel about the snatch game because I mean I feel like okay I'm not her biggest fan but I feel like there was not enough love for that Joan Crawford because everybody was losing it in the room. Like it didn't translate for me through the screen. It didn't translate on the screen very well. Yeah. No, but when the other queens on the Snatch Game panel are breaking character because they're laughing, you know that Alyssa Edwards yeah. is doing something right. Right, and I do wonder how much of that was just Alyssa being Alyssa because Alyssa is kind of a weird duck mm-hmm. anyway. Um. And yeah, it's just, it was an okay Joan Crawford. Um, there were like a good variety of Crawford-isms in it. Mm-hmm. It just didn't land in the same way like um, Alaska's Mae West or Katia's uh, Bjork did, which were both fantastic and just really spot on. Yeah, the Mae West was clearly... Yeah, it was just beyond anything else that was happening on that stage at that time. It was really, really sharp stuff that Alaska was doing there. Um, But everything else was just kind of not there for me in this. And Matt, Snatch Game, based on, like, the three seasons I've watched, can kind of be hit or miss. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was just 
like I just kept wanting Alaska and Katya to keep talking and responding to things because mm-hmm. everyone else just kind of felt a little flat to me for the most part. Like um, the Tammy Faye Baker was fine. Um, I'm not familiar enough with Teresa Caputo to have an opinion on that at all. Yeah. Um, but like um, the Nancy Grace was just kind of a little scattered for me. And then the Ariana Grande was just really, really boring. Um, but then Roxy's Alaska was terrible. Was awful. Yeah. It's just really awful. And yeah. I don't, I, I appreciate the impulse of going, well, I can't do the acts. The accent's not really clicking for to do Sofia Vergara, which would have been interesting. And I like the recon, recognition of that, but to really, I feel like, tossing together in alaska was just like tossing together in alaska yeah and without any consideration of like alaska's trademark stuff even though it's kind of worked in but it's just like none of it screams alaska Mm -hmm. i mean even like again the joan crawford at least said joan crawford in a number of ways nothing that roxy did said alaska to me it's like it's like she went well i'll just go hi and that'll be enough and that's not enough so Ro- roxy should have gone yeah. home based on that as far as i'm concerned but um you know what how'd you feel about the lip sync for your life and, and the elimination uh it was fine um alaska's perf- um i thought alaska did a really great job with the lip sync um and so great to see such a different silhouette and different look on the runway because yeah. that's a kind of a rare thing for alaska so i really like seeing such yeah. a different look yeah, no, and the looks for the runway were actually all really good, I thought, this week, too. I really mm-hmm. liked a lot of the looks. Um, I really liked Detox's look, so I was actually really surprised that yeah. Detox was up for the run, because I really liked that runway look. I liked the whole glam, Amazon, vaguely Mad Max Fury Road element that was going on with mm-hmm. it. I really, really liked that, and I was surprised no one else on the judging panel did. It seemed like the other queens liked it. Well, Carson <laughs> said that he was Carson liked it. it. Yeah, but right. the others didn't comment on it very... Or at least they didn't yeah. show that in the edit. And it may, yeah. might just be because they didn't want to overly, you know, foreshadow yeah. what was happening, but yeah. Yeah. And so, um, Tatiana going home, I, I don't have any connection to her. Mm-hmm. So I just went, okay. But they may be back, because I don't think we discussed the opportunity for revenge thing <laughs> last week. Um, so they may come, the eliminated contestants may be back. So that, that's, that adds a fun element, I guess. But mm. yeah, a, a mixed bag of where most of the really good stuff was in the first, like, third of the episode. And then everything else just kind of went, May West Alaska was all I really needed from this. <laughs> <laughs> well, how'd you feel about Steven Universe, Future Boy Zoltron? It was a theoretically lighter episode, but also, you know, some... Yeah, this is too heavy for me. Your numbers are seven. <laughs> and of course, Jim Dale, uh, the iconic Jim Dale, his voice popping up here. Right, and a really good performance from Jim Dale with um, Mr. Frowny. Mm-hmm. Um, was really, really good. Like, really solid. Would not have even known it was Jim Dale had I not looked it up immediately oh, and gone. It was distractingly Jim Dale for me. <laughs> I think I was too into the whole Zoltron, Zoltan parody that they were doing from Big with this. Um, mm-hmm. But I enjoyed, like, um, Steven's, um, diagno- again, diagnosing Sadie and Wars <laughs> some more. And it's just like, we're just going to keep doing this show. I'm, I'm, I'm here for this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that montage, but I like that the fact that Mr. Smiley got like a little bit of a backstory because we have all these elements of Mr. Smiley's history that have circulated through the show. So to have like a really solid instance of it, I thought was really nice for that character because it's just like he did the he did the donut orientation video and it's just why did he do the door, donut orientation video? <laughs> And so this was a really nice way to like show how much of a career this guy has had. So I enjoyed I enjoyed that aspect of the episode. Uh, how did you feel about it? Apart from the distracting Jim Dale, <laughs> I thought that it was fun and it was cute, and there were touches of some real stuff in there, uh, but but mostly just little hints at it. And I think that given how heavy the last episode was, I think that was good. And it kind of shows Steven connecting with that stuff somewhat, but also distancing, knowing when to distance from it too. Yeah. And from just like, a, and knowing when I can only hurt in this situation. I also liked this little peek of him getting future vision and learning that sometimes it doesn't matter what you say because it's not about you. It's about where this person's at. I think that yeah. was also a nice little subtle element too. So I thought it was solid. I didn't, you know, my socks remain on my feet. It did not knock them off, but but I thought it was fun and the just the visual of Steven as Zoltron was pretty adorable too. So Zoltron sees tired knees in his future. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh yeah. So what did you then transitioning? I guess to even heavier stuff. Then is how did you mm-hmm. feel about the night of finale, Kate? Okay, so the night of finale is the call of the wild. <laughs> And what I need yeah. to know is what show everybody else was watching because I watched it and then saw on Twitter overwhelmingly very positive responses to this finale and to the show as a whole. And I don't understand them because it felt incredibly contrived. I felt like they the very little bit of character work they had done for some of these people, they completely abandoned. And while... There were certain moments that were very effective and felt very true to the character. Far more of them felt manufactured to get us to a point where this, the various events in this finale could happen. So they knew they wanted to end with Nas like smoking crack uh, or crystal. I'm not sure which one um, on, on the hood of his car by the, by the water. So that's why he starts doing drugs in prison. Because they want to end with him there. They didn't do anywhere near the work I think they needed to have me believe that he would start doing drugs when he's still up for trial. It's like he's like, it said, okay, well, I'm never getting off. Why should I even care? Like, did did you buy that transition like over time for him? Oh, never. I've, I've railed against it for the past couple of weeks. It just, it doesn't make any sense. And this is where the show's like loose. And I've said, I said this last week is that the show's really loosey goosey sense of time. It has just destroyed any sort of like character element to the show is so his, his inability, the show's inability to dramatize college tutor to harden prison drug guy is just like, what are, what are you doing? This doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it's just a thing that you're doing so that you can get to this larger thematic point about how institutions are bad and corrupt people. And 
that's what you were wanting to say, but there's nothing interesting in how you're saying it, so your message just doesn't mean anything. And this goes even to, like, larger points that I saw you make on Twitter about, like, Chandra, and yeah. that character's just complete and utter implosion in the last... over these last two episodes, but particularly within this finale. And it's just... What are, what are, what are you... What, 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 what was the point, show? They want me to believe that Chandra was smuggling drugs into prison in her because vagina. Because she loved him. Because this client she's interacted with a handful of times asked her to. They want me to they want me to believe that. They have not done anywhere near the work they need me to believe that she would kiss this guy, let alone anything else. They haven't made sure that I know her so that I can see her like her rapport with this guy shift over the course of these eight episodes to the point where she's willing to sacrifice her entire career, let alone if that condom breaks, die from an overdose to do this. It was, it was just offensive watching them do like, wait, wait, are they seriously doing what I think they're doing? They think so little of me as a viewer that I will accept this and that this character who we've barely gotten to know would do this. You've, got to be shitting me it was really frustrating to watch i like i wasn't gonna turn it off but i kind of wanted to at that point sure and then there's also like the stuff with uh so, so there's that and there's the stuff with the cop who starts doing his job because he's bored and yeah he's like, bored in retirement so he's just like i'm gonna go look into this guy and it's just like Wait, you mean the recognizable character actor we all knew who was probably going to be because he was the recognizable character actor? <laughs> yeah, well, or just this, like, this notion of not only, not only does he not do his job when he's initially supposed to do his job, despite being introduced as a really great, uh, effective, uh, smart, and um, diligent police officer. Right, just within the lines, man, just yeah. within the lines. So not only does he not do his job then, he also doesn't do his job when the prosecutor tells him, I need you to go back through and double check everything and find more. He doesn't do that his job then even, but then here, now later, he's going to do his job. Why? So that so that the, they can stretch it to, so that we get these reveals in the last episode. That's why. Because if he does his job when he's supposed to do his job earlier... It, it we don't get eight episodes and it's just it's it's so irritating in the original um the chandra character uh the relationship there is exposed and the, that causes a mistrial but see but in this one they wanted to make sure john Turturro got a big speech so that's yeah. why that scene happens and don't get me wrong it's a good speech he does a good job with it but that's the only reason it's there it's just it, i just found the entire thing incredibly contrived just full of Moment and after moment of characters doing things so that we could have this closing message of see how it's like you never know. Well, well who is anyone anyways? Everyone lives in the shadows between. Right? I'm like, oh my god, come on. So I was just really frustrated by seeing such overwhelmingly positive, just an overwhelmingly positive response to this series as a whole because I found it completely underwhelming by the end yes the moment with Nas and his mom was great where she says I always believed in you and he's like no you didn't like that 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 moment worked really well for me but over overall overwhelmingly it just was not not near it's like a bunch of very talented actors doing what they're asked to do and to the best of their abilities but the writing just wasn't there for me 
Yeah, no, I very much agree with everything you just said, um, which is why I won't repeat it at all. Just I'll co-sign everything because you're absolutely correct. Um, and I'm in agreement with you. Um, I think that the big thing is, is that we were very much sold a false bill of goods with this based on the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, or the premiere, I guess we should say, in that it's a very detail-oriented, deliberate thing that we were presented. And the end result was, as you said, accurately contrived and rushed. And there's very little that's contrived and rushed in that premiere. So the steady buildup of atemporality in the episode, in the episodes and the connections between how things are progressing... Um, just makes it feel like a number of things just happened to get to that point, like what you were saying. And that's all that happened is that we had this very deliberate first episode and then they just went, oh, right, we've only got seven more episodes and we wasted this first episode on just this first night. Uh, I guess we need to speed this up. And that's basically what it felt like is that there's just this real compression and real rush to get everything done. And it's in a... very different and i think that this is a really instructive sort of instance where you take something like stranger things where there are a number of instances in stranger things where you go why are they doing this or why is this character doing this and the answer is basically because there's eight episodes but you don't care as much because the show is deliciously entertaining and compelling and the characters are interesting Whereas The Night Of had eight episodes, and we're all wondering why these characters did this, and it's because you didn't give us any time with these characters, and you're just playing fast and loose with the time frame in in the episodes, but also in between the episodes. So it's just, how do you expect us to understand why Chandra would do anything when, like you said, they haven't given her any scope, any depth, any time that makes sense that she would throw away her career over this. It's just what, yeah, it's, it was just bad. When the character everyone most cares about is the cat, you've done something wrong. Right. But wasn't, I didn't even care that he saved the cat at the I end. Did. Was, I did. I like the cat. And I like the cat too. It. But I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't care that he had the cat still. I mean, he could have given the cat to another human being. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't, I don't, it's just, it's a really good, I feel like the cat's a very clear representation of what this show cared about more, which is metaphors and symbols and themes than it cared about its characters. And it's just like, oh, well, I managed to save that one stray and I'm going to keep this other stray. Mm -hmm. And it's just, eh, don't care. Yeah. It's a very pretty cat, but I don't care. Well, and I think they were very actively trying to show with that other character we saw in the prison who ended up killing himself. Like, this is why Nas is doing what he's doing, because if he doesn't get hard in prison, he's going to end up like this guy and he's going to, you know, lose himself and end up killing himself. But I th- I felt like that just really showed a false dichotomy yeah. um, between those two. And uh, it just, I didn't... They didn't show enough of the steps to make me buy. And it also just felt very, very one-for-ones. It's like, see, this is why he's, you know, it's a good thing that he's helping to 
you know, kill someone in prison with a, you know, like by distracting a guard. Otherwise, yeah. this would be happening to like. I just don't think they earned it. I just don't think they earned pretty much anything in it. And yes, it looks beautiful. It's shot wonderfully, and I can understand people really liking the direction. I don't understand people really liking the music, but I haven't really heard much about the music. But anyways, uh, but for me, if I don't care about the people, the style is not going to get me through eight episodes. Right. And it's not even like a, it's a good aesthetic, but it's not a super compelling aesthetic. And it's not a new aesthetic either. Right. It's not something we haven't seen before. Yeah. You're using steely cold blues. Uh, I've seen that before in prisons and in courtrooms. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, we were underwhelmed, I think it's very safe to say, by the night of. But how did you feel about the Greenleaf finale? What are you doing here? Um, also kind of underwhelmed. And maybe I missed a beat at some point um, in the episode. Maybe I was just distracted while I was watching it. But again, like Kevin and Charity stuff like really came through. Like Kevin with that reprogramming brochure just like horrified me. Mm -hmm. And, but also, again, like what I talked about last week, um, with their, uh, with him coming clean to charity, or coming clean isn't the correct word, but his confession of confusion. Opening up to. Opening up, right. Um, just, again, it read as something very legitimate that Kevin would do. And and a person within that family, within that faith, within that community would do to try and salvage his marriage. And I really loved that. It was just a really great scene. And again, the show does a really nice job of making that feel very, having, giving that a high sense of realism. And I really appreciated that. Um, the rest of it was just kind of... Felt very much like, okay, we've done planning all our season two stuff apart from this new reveal about the the structure burning down that apparently I think we're supposed to take in that's the bishop did, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's the secret that Mac's been holding over him and why Mac is now out of prison and back in the house, which is seems he? like something... I don't think... I, th- I felt like he was taking cops to, sh- to get show them stuff, you know, like... It was okay, like a search maybe, warrant or something. Well, he was in a suit, though. Why yeah. would he be in a full suit if he wasn't I out? Know. I don't know. Well, why would he um, have a complement of police officers with him if he was? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Unless, yeah, I don't. It's very, it, it was a very weird thing for them to end on. And I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure what it, what they were going for, which is why I think I was underwhelmed. Because I don't know quite what, obviously, based on just this conversation, I wasn't entirely clear on what was happening here. Unless they're putting him under house arrest in this house? I don't know. Um, as opposed to his apartment. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I didn't click into anything here. Uh, there was more set up for the church across the street, which I'm all excited about. <laughs> <laughs> Not the church, the commu- the Christian community center across the street. With the um, water park. With the water park. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so I'm excited about how that's going to play out in the second season. Um, but yeah, it's just, I was kind of underwhelmed by the finale overall. How did you feel then? Um, I liked it. I thought it was solid. I liked the way that the various threads on the whole 
came to came to came together. I like the stuff with Lady May preaching and being like, "Yes, I will." Ah, crap. Grace will lead us. <laughs> I thought that that on the whole played well, and the, the actors were good there. I liked moments of the confrontation between Oprah as the aunt and Lady May. Um, this whole moments scene, is the correct word. Yeah, yeah. The whole scene didn't crackle with the energy I would have liked, but every now and again there was this like really intense sizzle. Spark. So yeah. I would, I will hope that they can. I, I, I don't know. They feel like they needed a few more takes or something. Yeah. Uh, they didn't quite catch it, but if they did, that would be an awesome scene. So hopefully they'll they'll re- be able to re- recapture that energy at some point in season two. I like that they saved that for the finale, and you know they're going to come back to it at some point. Um, the stuff with Charity and Kevin, I liked that Charity's initial response is just, you are who you are. And these yeah. these are bullshit. And the idea that she so wishes to believe that she can have this her family the way that she thought about it and he so wants to to be that person that even though she knows it's bullshit she might be willing to let him try is more interesting to me than anything with Kevin trying to not be gay or not you know not be bi or no. just not be interested in men whatever he is he doesn't know yet he hasn't really figured himself out at all um that's what, like so the stuff with charity trying to like shut him down and then being towards the end of the episode, be more open to letting him do this is more interesting. I would rather they, though they just shut that down and not do a whole season arc, which I could also see them easily doing. I feel like that would be a, mis- a misstep for that character. Right. It's a couple of episodes. It's like four episodes at most, probably. Yeah. Um, I like the stuff with Grace and her daughter and the the hubby. I like that oh, we did Oh, God, he's the worst. He, oh, totally the worst. But I like that we didn't stay inside the courtroom. Yeah. So we don't know what she said. And I think that's appropriate. Um, and uh, I also... Uh, I think it's smart to get have the daughter just be conveniently gone for the summer. So that yeah. other stuff can... We don't know when they'll pick up. But they could pick up months later. They could pick up the next day. That gives them more flexibility. It also uh, puts uh, stressors on Grace for, at some point next season, having to figure out if she's moving, which obviously she won't. It's a TV show. But um, I thought that worked. Uh, I'm not heartened by Mac being back. Because I enjoy that actor. He's done a good job. There's good tension there. But they're not going to get me to buy him as a presence in these people's lives. Right. Lady May's not even going to stand for this. Yeah. I mean, and the actor, when he's just being straight up villain in this, is super fun. Don't get me wrong. Right. No, he's just like, oh, here's some scenery. I'm going to chew on it without even saying anything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and we saw him do such more subtle work earlier in the season that it's just, you know, you can really appreciate that choice and the way it turns it up. Um, But yeah, I'm just... I'm having some trouble with, with all that stuff. So I don't know how they'll be able to, you know, they have the summer to ponder. So hopefully they have a plan. Yeah. And I mean, I'll be back. And like, this is a show that's gotten really solid ratings and it's been under discussed. Yeah. Um, so hopefully own makes this readily available for people to catch up on, um, who missed it, um, this season. So, but you should then, you know, watch Queen Sugar that starts next week because it looks really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, what wins your week in TV? Is it is it Brain Dead? Is it Holden Catch Fire? Um, is it Mr. Robot? 
it's not Mr. Robot, which we didn't discuss, and we didn't discuss Hall and Catch Fire. Um, a kind. You know what? I will give it to Brain Dead this week, if only for the last scene, in which we found out that Luke's wife is infected with bugs, but also his baby. <gasps> Which, and so the episode ends with the baby looking at a mobile while it plays, um, the, 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 the song. Yeah. Um, the Bugs' song. And so it's just like, dun, dun, dun. And it's just like, <laughs> I'm immediately now wondering why, like, Luke hasn't been infected if his wife is. But then I remember that Luke sleeps around in a lot, as we found out in this episode. Like, three or four mistresses a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'll give it to Braindead just for the insanity of that last scene. But yeah, uh, what about you? What won your week this week? It's all, like, there isn't I one bet that... it was the night of. It was totally the night of. Um, there isn't one that really... Yeah. ...stands out to me. Uh, I, I mean, I enjoyed Bake Off quite a bit. I enjoyed la, 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 la. Steven Universe. <laughs> I enjoyed Rue. Um, I don't really have one. I, you know what I'll say? I'll say my catch up with Survivor's Remorse. So not necessarily that's specifically fair. this episode, but I watched like four episodes. And yeah. I've just like that swath of viewing was really a lot of fun for me. So I, that's what I'll say. I'll give it to Survivor's Remorse this week. I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, that will wrap up our truncated week in TV here. Uh, so we'll take a break, listen to a little music, and come back with our mega 2016 fall TV preview. So we'll be right back after this. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. It's just a jump to the left. We're back with the Televerse. This is Kate Kalsik, joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. And Noel, it is time for our fall preview. And there are too many shows, as we all know. Hashtag Peak TV. But, like, looking at a spreadsheet of, like, all of the fall and winter premieres, just really high. There's too many shows. (laughs) Too many shows. I'm trying to sing that to too many cooks, but I can't. Too many sing. shows, too. No, yeah, like it's now is gonna be my head. So thank you for You're that. Welcome. But uh, so we're gonna kind of listeners go through uh, what, what all the premieres are, and um, and then we'll talk about the new shows that we've had, had an opportunity to see screeners for, and uh, and and give our thoughts and kind of go go from there. So we'll kick things off here. I wanted to mention one that we missed because I recently discovered it. Uh, I haven't watched any yet, but it's called Beat Bugs, and it's on Netflix. Have you heard about this show? It's like a kid... It's like an animated kid show about bugs or something, but, like, with Beatles music. Like, all of their... Like, how did... I don't know how they got the rights to Beatles music, and they have pop artists from now covering them, but it looks super adorable and cute. Uh, And I was just, like... I was just flummoxed that... 
th- there's this much Beatles music. Like th- that was the inspiration for the show called Beat Bugs. It was like let's have a show that's just completely inspired by Beatles music, starring Bugs for kids. So oh, so this is what Netflix was trying to get me to watch. Okay. Yeah. I've been trying to figure out what this was, and I, I've never clicked it to watch, but I've had Netflix try to force it on me, but I haven't watched it. See, Netflix wasn't trying to force it on me. If they had been, if they'd been like, by the way, there's a new show that like features all the Beatles music, the most popular Beatles songs, uh, you should check it out. I totally would have. So uh, we'll see if I have time. To... That already premiered at the beginning of August, but uh, I felt like that was the one that we sort of missed in August. But uh, this week, Narcos Season 2 dropped on Netflix, uh, which I got like one episode into season one and it was not for me. Everybody else seems to have loved it. I just couldn't take the voiceover and protagonist guy. Did you watch Narcos? I didn't watch a single second of it. Um, I just wasn't interested in it at all. So I just went, meh, I'm okay. I'm yeah. Good. People seem to like it more as like, as the season goes along by the end of the season, they're telling me it was worthwhile, but I just, you know, I haven't gone back to it. Um, now coming to next week's episodes we have on Monday, uh, September 5th on Discovery. They have Harley and the Davidsons, which is a miniseries, six episodes. I think it's like over three nights about the creation yeah. of Harley Davidson. Um, this one is only notable to me because it has Mikhail, um, Mikhail Heishman, um, who everybody knows is Dario Naharis and, you know, Kira's dad on Orphan Black and everything. Right. Uh, I just really don't care about Harley, so this is not for me. Are you interested? I, I saw a um, trailer for this while I was watching something else and just went, why are they doing this? I don't care. And just kept watching what I was watching. <laughs> yeah, so no, fair enough. So I'm not interested <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, there's a bunch of shows uh, premiering on the 6th. Um, we have Startup on Crackle, which is a drama starring Martin Freeman, Adam Brody, Wayne Knight, and some other people about a startup in Miami that is uh, founded with money stolen from like the from, from a mob or something. And I, that's one of those things where I look at the uh, the cast and I'm really interested and then I hear the premise and go, no, I don't need another one of those. Uh, yeah. Also, and it's also on Crackle. <laughs> yeah. Well, not not for me, also, is From Dust Till Dawn, but people who enjoy that show will be very glad that it's back on El Rey, also on September 6th. Queen Sugar, which I cannot wait to watch. We're very excited about this. It's going to be premiering on Oprah Winfrey Network. Uh, this is show, the pilot's directed by Ava DuVernay. Um, about I want to say it's sharecroppers at a sugarcane plantation, um, and that, again that's on Tuesdays on on own. Have you seen this one? Have you had an opportunity to check this one out yet? I have screeners for it, but I haven't had time to watch it because I've been watching so much TV. So uh, much <laughs> listeners, just this week has been crazy. Um, no, but I'm very excited about this. Um, and I don't think it's like sharecroppers directly. I think the family used to be like have a large sharecropping like plantation, and now it's like. Being King Lear styled split up or something? Mm, Not entirely okay. sure. But so, it looks really, really good. And Owen's been on a nice streak with Greenleaf. So. Now, is this a modern series or is this set in the past? Is it like a historical it's drama? Modern, it's a modern okay. series. Okay, for some reason I thought it was historical, which is where I got the sharecropper thing, but no, okay. That's no, a, that's it's a modern bad. series. Okay, I'm really excited about that one. Um, I'm vaguely interested in Atlanta over on FX, also premiering on Tuesday, September 6th. Um, this is the show from Donald Glover. I'm hearing good things, but like you, I have not had, not had a chance to check out the screeners yet. Um, we'll talk about it next week on the podcast, I'm sure. Uh, I'm just, I like, Donald Glover is very talented and very funny. Um, 
I just really don't care for Childish Gambino, and that always like ends up putting a little asterisk next to his name when I see it for some very foolish reason. But um, I, I always enjoy him as a performer. I recently saw Magic Mike XXL for the first time, and he was a lot of fun in that. So I'm sure you know it'll be very interesting to see what he does, um, having more say behind the creation and writing and production of, of a series. Um, then later that week on the 8th, September 8th, the Thursday of that week, uh, we have better things, the comedy from Pamela Adlin. Um, so I can't wait to see what that one is loosely based on her life. Um, of course she's been fabulous over on Louie. So, uh, this is her FX show. And again, I look forward to catching those screeners soon. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the, those are the two, like I would say of the one things I said so far, really it's Queen Sugar, Atlanta and Better Things are the three big ones that people are excited for in the next week. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Um, and I think Queen Sugar was flying under the radar, but I think people have been pumped about Atlanta for like a year at mm-hmm. this point because people have been like, when's this going to happen? <laughs> and FX is just like, soon, guys, soon. Just don't worry about it. Soon. Um, the last ones we have here uh, that will theoretically be talked about next week, should we find the time for it, is One Mississippi, which is Tig Notaro's comedy on Amazon. That's being released next week, Friday. And Quarry, which is on Cinemax. And that's, again, all going to be next week, Friday, on September 9th, which is from... The reason this is of note to me is because it's coming from some of the Rectify writers. But it's um, about a Vietnam veteran who struggles to get... You know, like fit back into society after returning to civilian life. Um, it's, so it's a period piece. And um, that, again, that premise is not as of interest to me, but the fact that it's coming from Rectify Writers has me curious. And again, that's going to be on Cinemax. Uh, are any thoughts on these two? Uh, I might try Quarry. Um, mm-hmm. I've had, I've had access to it, but I just haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can, I can probably check that out. Okay. I'm not like super interested in it either, but I can check it out. Um, then on the 11th, I will be cheering for my mom all day at, as she runs her like fifth or sixth Iron Man because she's a crazy person. But it is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But we have, a, that is going to kick off, that Sunday is going to kick off a crazy week of premieres. Why don't you take us for Sunday? What uh, What's premiering that Sunday on the 11th of September? Sure. Uh, so we've got The Circus on Showtime, which is a documentary, um, The Greatest Political Show on Earth which I'm assuming, what is, I don't know what this is. This is like a six episode, uh, I think it's six episode documentary and news program looking at, I think it's this current election cycle. Okay. Um, but it's, it's well, at least looking at, I th- yeah, at, at the, the, what goes into the show of political elections. And that's going to be on Showtime. I, okay. I'm, I'm kind of excited about that one because it's just been such an insane cycle. Yeah, I don't know if I needed a documentary about a cycle that we're still not even out of yet. Yeah, and that's or... why I, I could be wrong on that one. That's why, but it, I don't see, I haven't seen like a specific other election tied to it in, in the discussions of it. So yeah. I, it may just be a general, like, you know, look at look at the, the issues surrounding coverage of politics. Um, or it might be the, like, the pr- primaries. And the, yeah, like you say, it would be odd for it to be this specific cycle, seeing as we are still in process. But yeah. What else do we have? Oh, what else? We've got uh, Fox's Son of Zorn, which is from the uh, geniuses behind the Lego movie. Um, It's a mixed medium uh, sitcom in which Jason Sudeikis voices a He-Man-esque character who ventures into the real world to see his estranged human son. Um, I've watched this. It's it's aggressively unfunny. Okay. Um, (laughs) 
I wasn't, and the screener like just quit as soon as I actually declared it aggressively unfunny to someone. So it's like Fox knew <laughs> I didn't want to continue watching this. But this premieres on the eleventh on uh, Fox, and I didn't particularly like it. Okay then, yeah, yeah. the buzz out of Comic Con was sort of mixed, so we'll we'll see with that one. Uh, premiering also is going to be Masters of Sex coming back for its fourth season. Um, I haven't seen any of Masters of Sex mainly because I refuse to get Showtime since even none of its original programming has ever grabbed me. Have you watched any of this? I can't remember. Yeah, I watched like the first three seasons of it pretty okay. regularly. Very, I kept waiting for it to go to the next gear because every now and again they'll pull out this amazing episode. Um, but it just it is never come together the way that it should it's got all these different pieces and it, there's always a few that work and other ones that they don't know how to use and so i finally broke up with it despite it's excellent use of several actors i really enjoy uh and then i see they're bringing on nisi nash and andre royo this season and i'm like you're trying to get me back no i'm not gonna fall for it so we'll see whether i hold to that or I go to check it out because I do really enjoy those those actors. Um, uh, one that's certainly not going to draw me in, despite my enjoyment of the casting, is uh, coming back on the 14th, Wednesday the 14th of September on NBC is Blind Spot, and they're adding Archie Punjabi for season two. But that's not enough. No, no, no. it's not enough. Also no. coming back that mm-hmm. night, uh, American Horror Story season six. Uh, Sarah Paulson and Lady Gaga are coming back, but very little is known about what the season is going to be. They're trying to keep everything hush hush till the premiere, and I just don't care. Uh, uh, South Park season twenty two zero two zero is starting up on Comedy Central again on September fourteenth, and uh, uh, that's amazing. But I'm most excited about t- season two of Documentary Now on IFC. Uh, which they're going to have Anne Hathaway, Mia Farrow, uh, Peter Bogdanovich, Peter Fonda are all going to guest over the course of the season, and they're going to have parodies of um, uh, Stop Making Sense, Jiro James and Sushi, The Kid Stays in the Picture, uh, The War Room, Salesman, and Swimming to Cambodia. And I have seen... Cambodia. I've seen none of these documentaries, but I've heard of them, (laughs) and I'm very excited to see the documentary now take on them. Now, Remind me, did you see Documentary Now Season 1? I did not watch any of it. I was kind of iffy about it when it was just like, oh, let's let's make fun of Nanook of the North. And I just went, do you really need to make fun of Nanook of the North? Oh, do it's you? so good, though. Like, <laughs> oh, man, just based on our Grey Gardens, uh, like Miss Edie, Little Edie conversation mm-hmm. from from our Drag Race thing, you got to check it out. Because, like, even just to watch that first two-parter that they do spoofing Grey Gardens, it's, it's so good. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. I know. I, I see where you're coming from, but... Highly recommended. So I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, Why don't you take it away and and tell us what's happening uh, on the 15th and 16th? Sure. Uh, So Project Runway comes back for its 15th season. Um, Not 15th season on Lifetime, but 15th season overall, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Um, And I haven't watched Project Runway in years. Like forever, yeah. Right. I don't know the last time I watched it. Um, On the 16th, um, Amazon's dropping Fleabag, which is a new comedy with uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Olivia Colman, Bill Patterson, and Brett Gelman. I have no idea what this is. Um, But in my defense, I never know what Amazon stuff is. (laughs) This is a British comedy um, that they're porting in, I I believe. They're pulling. They're pulling a Netflix original. Yeah, I could be wrong with an on import. That, but I think it's an import. Um, and it's about, but it's adapting either a book or like a. It's like adapting a different 
store a different medium into a TV show. It's about the sexual exploits and life of the lead character, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Um, and so these, I mean, again, talented actors I'm interested in following. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, it, but yeah, that's supposed to be a, like a kind of very, uh, black comedy and very sexual kind of comedy as well. So, uh, we'll see what happens with that. Okay. Uh, Z Nation also premieres on the 16th uh, for its third season in sci-fi, which I promptly went, oh, it's on third season. Okay. (laughs) Um, I watched a little bit of this when it started and wasn't particularly impressed. So now I'm just mildly impressed that it's on season three. Um, And then also on the 16th, HBO is going to do a new comedy premiere of High Maintenance, which is an adaptation of the web series by the same name. I also have no idea what this is. <laughs> um, high maintenance is one that I've I'm familiar with through other people's familiarity with the web series, which I've heard mm-hmm. a lot of praise for. Um, I believe HBO is dropping all six episodes on HBO Go when on the 16th, and then they'll dole it out um, on the actual channel. Television, or, yeah, yeah. But um, but no, I'm intrigued uh, on this other. I mean, other than you know, it's pot based comedy you know but uh, i don't actually i'm not familiar with the web series i've just heard good things about it so who knows i'm sterner comedies really hit or miss with me so yeah we'll see we'll see okay we've got uh the first of uh what i assume is going to be a spate of jean benet ramsey uh properties um on on september 18th sunday september 18th and that's on cbs uh the case of jean benet ramsey um, on, on CBS they're doing a documentary but I know there are going to be several new things coming up with that case yay I guess but I'm prob- I'm more likely to be watching um, the Emmy Awards on ABC also on the 18th um, and I say that not really caring for the Emmys I just I just, you think that after such great documentary and drama was found in the O.J. Simpson case I would be less skeptical about Jean Benet based things, but I'm just I'm not at all. I do not think they're gonna catch fire twice. Well, to be catch fair, I mean, I I've watched the, like the trailer for the case of which is CBS is like wanting to do true crime stuff, but not wanting to like do a f- dramatization of it, mm-hmm. and it looks a lot like just like your standard true TV. Um, back when it was court TV or some sort of like those kind of true crime investigative hour-long documentaries but multiple steps involved in this because it's a multi-episode series and i i just they they're convinced that they have a new lead and that's the big hook of course and it's just like guys you you remade the entire ramsey house on a warehouse so that your two investigators could go through it it's just like no i don't I, i don't i don't care no, nope. <laughs> Don't believe that they've suddenly cracked the case. Um, anyways, uh, on this is like really is where our big network premiere week kicks off on September nineteenth. Yeah. We have Gotham coming back for season three on Fox. That's gonna they're throwing uh, Valerie Vale in there and they're uh, aging up Poison Ivy. Uh, big Bang Theory is back for season ten, which again feels crazy on cbs uh, and there's a new show kevin can wait which is the kevin james show on cbs that's also coming back on or, or premiering i should say on the 19th you've had a chance to see this one yeah i have um it's not particularly good um which will probably surprise no one um yeah um my thing entirely is that kevin can totally wait 
And that's mm-hmm. basically my opinion of Kevin can wait is that I can totally wait. Uh, he's a retired cop who has like hijinks and his wife is a nurse. Um, there's a stripper joke. That's not very funny. And there's also an 11 age age year, 11 year age difference between James and the woman playing his wife, but they've been married for 20 years on the show. So I enjoyed doing that math. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoy Aaron Hayes, of course, from right. among us other things, you know, Children's Hospital. Uh, am I gonna? Is my affinity for her gonna be enough to get me through? No, oh, no just no. okay. I just I wouldn't try. Okay, well, I certainly yeah. am not planning to try with Lucifer, which is which is back for season two on Fox, also on the nineteenth, despite them bringing Trisha Helfer to play Lucifer's mother uh, and Michael Imperioli to play Lucifer's brother Uriel that don't care i'm more excited for the good place which is premiering on the 19th and that is on nbc that's a comedy about Kristen bell who dies and goes to the good place she wakes up the good place the good place and uh meets her soulmate and uh this is in a particular like subdivision of the good place uh right a planned community a planned community that is run organized and run by ted danson and Things sort of go from there. The trouble is she actually isn't supposed to be there. Um, and that leads to uh, hijinks, I guess I feel safe to say. How do you yeah. feel about this one? This is one of the few pilots I was actually really very gung-ho about that I from the broadcast stuff that I watched. Um, I'm very, very excited about this. Um, it, Kristen Bell is a really good fit for this kind of stuff since she can play, as we all know, veer between really sweet to why and just swearing up a storm without missing a beat and it's still being really great and also ted danson is of course fantastic on this as the first time guy mm. in charge of a, of the good place community uh it's really really good i'm very excited about this and where it can go from its premise yeah what i would say is i watched this one after first hearing from friend of the david Bax how much he loved it at comic-con and hearing that you were really fond of it too yeah. and so my expectations had been raised too high so i would encourage people <laughs> to remember it is just a pilot right so it's not like the best thing you're ever gonna see but like it i i didn't actually laugh out loud at all watching it which i always mm-hmm. hope to when i'm watching comedy pilots but i do think it's really charming i think there's a lot of potential here and like you say the the it's a very good it's a very good use of Kristen yep. Bell and and these the other actors as well and I really appreciate by the the end of the pilot that you know like things get goofy in a way that I I really enjoy and I, I like yeah. that they don't just keep it as um, the tone exactly where you might expect from the first few scenes and they don't just draw the easy laughs of like ah oh, here's a person who doesn't belong with a bunch of uh, people who got like sticks up their butt you know uh, they right. don't just fall back on the same jokes um there's some visuals towards the end that i really enjoy so i think uh, i'm excited to see the second episode it's premiering with a back-to-back first and second episode we've only had a chance to see the first episode so yeah. i certainly will be looking forward to that um that takes us to tuesday of premiere tuesday. week the 20th tuesday. take it away right right so uh coming back for its 14th season with <laughs> v- wilmer valderrama Underappreciated, that... might I say, and procedurals, I feel. Well, let's let's not talk about Minority Report then. Uh... Yeah, but he was not the problem, is what I'm saying. He was very good on Awake, underappreciated. I have no, I do not enjoy him, but, you know, I think he's, I think he's 
d- dependable. I'd be like, this is the kind of casting that makes sense to me in a right, season 14 it, of NCIS. Right. It's season 14 of NCIS, but it's also like, wow, NCIS trying to get a slightly younger crowd. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. but uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine and the New Girl both come back on the twentieth on Fox for seasons four and six, respectively, uh, which is exciting. Mostly for Brooklyn Nine Nine, um, I haven't watched New Girl since like season one at all. Um, but also on the twentieth, uh, we've got the new Michael Weatherly show Bull, which is loosely inspired slash based on Doctor Phil back when he was a jury consultant as opposed to a talk show host. Um, I had a chance to watch this. It's just kind of creepy, actually. Yeah. That feels yeah. right, though, from that description. Yeah, um, mainly because, like, it's set in the modern day, so it's not, like, set, like, back when Phil would have been practicing this. So it's just like, so how do you get all this information on the jurors? Oh, we have a connection at the NSA, so we have access to everyone's internet browsing history. And I just went, nope. Nope. Not okay, guys. <laughs> um, Michael Rutherly is trying not to be Dinozo in this, and he's trying really hard, probably a little too hard, mm-hmm. but he still has that really effortless charisma that basically got him through NCIS for like 13 years. So, eh, not, nothing I'm going to check out again, but it feels like it could do okay for CBS. Okay. But I'm not particularly excited about this one. Um Season two of Scream Queens comes back on Fox on the 20th as well. Uh, it's got a three, three-year three time skip from the first season, uh, but it's set in a hospital mostly, and with mostly the same cast as well. Uh, I didn't stick around Scream Queens to see how it all wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Um, did you? Did you stick around for Scream, Scream Queens at all? I stuck around longer than most people would have expected. Okay. I actually found myself enjoying the beginning of the season quite a bit, but I yeah. got away from it. Like, Or like it went on hiatus and I didn't come back. I did, yeah. though, like kind of check in to find out who did it after like i was like oh huh what was the solution what was the resolution of this um and like read a recap or two or something to figure out how it turned out the the thing i enjoyed with that one was discovering some of the 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 actors um Mm -hmm. who were super fun especially the um emma roberts character's boyfriend that actor was really oh he was fantastic so he was was a discovery yeah. yeah and i also thought jonas was having nick jonas was having quite a bit of fun in that so i i don't plan to tune in for season two of screen queens but i am excited that jamie lee curtis still has a regular paycheck because that is a thing that should always be the case that is a thing that should always be the case um on nbc also on the 20th uh this is us which is their really their big new drama um Mm -hmm. that's premiering um it's from uh dan fogelman who just got done doing Galavant, and it deals with a collection of people who all share the same birthday. Um, I've watched this. Did you have a chance to watch this already? I did have a chance to watch this. What did you think in, I think, a non-spoilery sort of way, what did you yeah. think about this particular uh, pilot? Well, and it's the kind of thing that it's like, how do you spoil a show about, like, people, ha- you know, inter- are their lives going to intersect and they all have the same birthday? Like, so, like, it's it's kind of hard to... It's going to be a very generic conversation because this is a show about people who have issues... Who right. are like they're all turning thirty six, and so there's this like touch point of of age, um, and different experiences. But I really liked this one. I like this way more than I expected to. Um, certainly, 
like ahead of time i was very like this is getting positive buzz i was very like why with this nothing seems special about this one and then it be- began and there was like some voiceover and title cards and that really made me citing wikipedia which is never a good sign <sighs> not a good like that that but you know what it citation was, needed it was very <laughs> effective for tanking my my expectations <laughs> and then by the end of the episode i ended up really charmed by yeah. it so like uh, i think it's been a, i think like oddly the way this has been uh handled uh and managed and advertised and everything i actually am rather impressed with the people doing it but what i appreciate about it is that they're you're following different people who might have, be the same age but are at very different points in their lives and yeah. i also really appreciate that they focus on very different types of relationships so you've got like a character who was um, abandoned as a baby um, by his parents, like finding his birth parents or his birth father um, and then dealing with that, you know, and he's married, he's got kids and everything. And then there's also um, a couple about to have, you know, have kids. And then there's a, uh, I believe single, both single brother and sister. So there's like, There's these different, you know, relationships happening and they give equal respect and thought into, you know, in each for each of them. And so I think people could end up really charmed by this one. Um, I like the cast overall. The cast is really good. And Milo Ventimiglia is in there in the mix. And I don't really don't get that. Um, Yeah, but because everyone else is really good, though. Right. So, but everyone else is really good. <laughs> yeah. But it just, that just seems like I look at the casting across the board and I'm like, really? Well, if it's Amelia, I mean, okay, but uh, that might just be the scars of like the of, ha- of reviewing Heroes Reborn last year, which he wasn't in. But I was about to say he wasn't even that. He was busy with the whispers, which he was fine in. But <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I just don't. When I think new prestige prestige show, I don't go to a Milo and Amelia place. However, do you go to a Mandy Moore place though? And more. I say this is so. More than I say this Julia. as someone who loves Mandy Moore, though, and has, is so glad that she finally got a TV show after trying to get on TV for, like, eight years. Well, I think <laughs> she has a lot of potential, and yeah. she just, like, pulled my heart out of my body with her bare <laughs> hands in that episode of Grey's Anatomy. Uh, uh-huh. y- y'all know the one. Um, <laughs> and she, you know, but but I think it, it'll be, a ma- with both of them, I think it'll be an element of, are they used effectively? Yeah. Do the writers play to their strengths? So if they do, I think there's, you know, they, they they could either grow as actors or be effective in these roles. Um, I'm not holding out as much hope for that storyline as I am for the other ones. So we'll see how it goes. Um, That's there. fair. Yeah. But I think people should check it out. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. And also rounding up the cast is um, Sterling, K, Sterling, Sterling J. Brown, who just came off doing... Uh, People versus O.J. Simpson, and he's fantastic in this. Mm -hmm. Um, Justin Hartley comes back from soap operas and failed CW shows. This is Mr. Manny. Yes, this is Mr. Manny. (laughs) He's very good. And for those who didn't watch like Emily Owens or um, uh, the last season of Revenge, he was he was he was the original television Oliver Queen on Smallville for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but he's very good, and it's also got uh, Christy Metz, um, who's fantastic as well so really really good cast all the way around for the most part and i'm really excited to see what this show is gonna do yeah uh how are you feeling about uh agents of shield also coming back on the 20th of september and 
I mean, I'm adding sorry, Jason O'Mara is never going to make me more excited. For Like, that guy, he must be really great to work with and really a wonderful be. person. Because he's gotten so many chances. And nothing Ugh. is taken so far. But anyway, so season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming back that day. And so I asked, uh, New Orleans is on season three. That's also coming back on the 20th. But that takes us to the 21st, we, uh, which is Wednesday now, September 21st. We've got Goldberg's coming back. We've got Survivor coming back for season 33 millennials versus gen xers 33 is crazy modern family with season eight empire is back for season three they're gonna have mariah carey on there they're gonna have felicia rashad on there tay diggs uh exhibit is now a regular a regular character on the show um so that's more interesting but i probably still won't check it out what about you i stopped watching when after they took their big hiatus Mm mm-hmm last year and i never came back like i had all like eight episodes of it on my dvr and then i just went i'm never gonna watch this and i just deleted it and i felt really bad because i loved season one but season two was just not as good by a long stretch and i'm not feeling compelled to come back (laughs) oh no me neither me neither um law and order svu comes back for season 18 got blackish chicago pd um, but there's also a few new shows. So we have first yeah. here on, on September 21st, Lethal Weapon on Fox, which is the yes. show. It's one of those shows I have my fingers very strongly crossed for, mm-hmm. for the sheer reason of it has Clayne Crawford in it. And he's amazing on Rectify. And I would really yes. like him to get some money because, you know, he's not getting money from Rectify. No, he's probably not getting uh, money from Rectify, um, though it's important to note that the producers of Lethal Weapon had had never seen Rectify when they cast Crawford How? in this. How? I don't know. They saw him in an independent movie and everyone just went, but he's been on Rectify for the past three years. You guys haven't been watching this? Or like, you know, you're thinking of <laughs> casting him. Check out the show that he's... Ugh, anyways. Right. Um. So I had a chance to watch this. Uh, I know that you did not. Um. It's okay. Um as a whole um but crawford is like the show is very much like here uh damon waynes is like here and then crawford okay, is like for here. our listeners who don't have a visual right, no. <laughs> yeah no crawford's on like a whole other level of what's happening here on this show he's just really really good mm-hmm. on it and it's he's better than he has any business being on this which feels very much like it's something that fox is expecting to like just kind of coast on and Crawford is just like, no, we're going to find truth in this. <laughs> and he's just, he's finding truth in it. And he's Kate, I did not expect to get like a little sniffly in a lethal weapon pilot, mm-hmm. but he kind of made me a little sniffly and that's how good he Power is. In this. But it's also really, it's really, it's got some solid banter between uh, Crawford and Wayne's um, and the upside. If they follow the trajectory of the movies there's only a two-year age difference between Crawford and Joanna Brewster, who plays the uh, police therapist. So there you go. Age-appropriate romance. There we go. Like, you can have, like, big gaps in their age, but, like, it should be something that is at some point addressed or that should right. shape things, and it never does. Anyways, uh, yes, any uh, any other thoughts? We, we've just been assuming everybody knows what Lethal Weapon is, but this is almost retired <laughs> right. cop, crazy hotshot new cop is the... Well, he's not almost retired this time. Um, Here's the fun metaphor for it now is that uh, Wayne's cop just had open heart surgery and is coming back to the force. Mm -hmm. So he has a literal broken heart. And the other and the the Riggs cop has an emotional broken heart. 
So look at that, guys. Look at that. Okay. Yeah, that was my eye roll. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, We also have on the same day, Wednesday, September 21st, Speechless on ABC. This is the mini driver comedy. Um, the uh, the actor who's playing the the husband for that character, I can't remember his name, but people know him from Big Bang Theory, where he's like Sheldon's nemesis over yeah. there. Uh, so I was glad to see him pop up in a you know a more grounded character here. And it's about a family where uh, the eldest of the three children has a, uh, a, a a disability such that he I don't what is the exact uh, disability he can't um, move. He can't communicate and he can't um, move his body very well. He's in a wheelchair and he communicates by his board and he he points a laser light board, yeah, um, pen at different words. He's got cerebral palsy. Yeah, and there's also then there's two other siblings as well in that family, and so the family has moved to several different schools um, over the course of a short period of time, trying to find a good fit for all three of the kids. And so it's just sort of following them and they go to move to a new school and the new dynamics there. Uh, this one's also getting a lot of buzz. I thought this was a solid pilot and I mean, it's way better material than mini driver had to work on, on about a boy. And I enjoyed that one. Yeah, no, I I barely remember about a boy. So kudos for remembering that she was on that. Cause I totally forgot. I just remembered that it had that guy that NBC keeps insisting on casting in shows. David Walton, uh, who's also yes. going to be on the season of Masters of Sex. There you go. <laughs> um, so, no, this has a very sharp, specific voice. Uh, so it's in keeping with um, ABC's other comedies. Um, and, yeah, I really liked this for the most part. Um, I think it'll. I, I'm excited to see what it keeps doing and how it grows is going to be the big thing that I'm really interested in seeing what they do going forward on Speechless. Yeah, I like the ensemble cast uh, on the whole, and I think this is a really good voice and character for Driver. I think this yeah. is, again, there's a lot of specificity to it, and it feels like it's going to be a really good match for her. So looking forward to that one. The last one we have on premiering this same day, September 21st, is Designated Survivor on ABC. This is the new Kiefer Sutherland show about the guy who's like the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. He's the guy who doesn't go to the State of the Union so that if anything happens, he he can be the president. And then Does something, something happened, happens. Kate. Oh! Something happens. Spoiler alert. Anyway, so there's a, an explosion at the Capitol building. He becomes the president. And what will happen next? Now, this, I watched this one um, with my dad, who. Because okay. it's felt a like dad a, show. It's such it's a, a dad, dad show, right? Yeah. 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 And they take a premise and a cast. I think there's a very good, very talented cast. Yes. That um, has so much potential. And I was just kind of turning to my dad. I was like, I'm surprised no one's done this before for a TV show or like a, a miniseries or something. This feels like it's ripe with possibilities for this. And then they managed to get so much wrong. I didn't believe what the characters were saying and their motivations. I didn't believe that people who had these different jobs would be behaving the way that they're shown to behave like constantly through this show. I wanted to be there for it. I wanted to be, you know, like at least some, some mindless, like, like on a Quantico level where I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous, right. but it can be fun. But yeah. when you have like the, the, the way that they're having everybody line up in a, this, he can't do it. He won't be able to do it. He's, he shouldn't be in this position. Keith Southern shouldn't be the president. All this stuff. Everybody's lined up to be against him so that when he succeeds, which we all know he's gonna, um, it'll mean more or something. It just, it, it really did not make any sense. 
like and yeah. I want I want to support a Cal Penn in the White House show because I just think it's awesome that he worked at the White House <laughs> and now he's playing a staffer at the White House. But I just they just managed to consistently just turn me off and have me go. That's not that's not what this guy anybody with this job would not say that or would not believe this or wouldn't be pushing for that to happen. Um, and the Secret Service aren't that incompetent and things like that. Uh, how did you feel about it? I think I like this a little bit more than you did, but I also just had zero expectations going into this. Um, mm-hmm. Sutherland's really good, and I like Sutherland more when he's playing the dweeby side yeah. of um, his character, as opposed to this, suddenly he has this iron spine when he's negotiating with the um, Iranian diplomat. Mm-hmm. And I just went, wait, what? Where did this guy come from, and how <laughs> is he reconciled with the other guy? Yeah. Um, but the big thing that was really bothering me with this is that the general antagonist, and I'm saying the general antagonist, not the general antagonist, but the antagonist who is a general. And like, general is, take a salute, like, in both yeah. the, the how I met your mother way, but also like, he's a general, so. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's so broadly drawn, like, he might as well just be straight out of seven days, seven days from, seven days of May, which is this old Kirk Douglas movie about a military coup mm-hmm. in the U.S. It's a fantastic movie, and Kirk Douglas is insanely good in it, but it's just, he's one, he's like two, Kate, he's two beats away from railing about our precious bodily fluids in a Doctor Strange love scenario. <laughs> And it's so bad, and it's borderline comical in how aggressively military he is, and it really took me out of the show. Also taking me out of the show was the fact that Maggie Q gets to play someone who's super competent at her job, but can't be competent in a dating scenario. And of course. I'd much, rather, I'd much rather watch her not be competent in the dating scenario, because I haven't seen Maggie Q do that really before. And she's really funny in that scene, is the thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, uh, I don't need a weird conspiracy theory. And I mean, let's be honest, it's probably homegrown terrorism at this point. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, nah, but Sutherland's really good. Cal Penn's really good. Um, but the show itself is kind of, nah, but unlike you, I was, I was also thinking, how was this not a thing that's been done already? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, how about, uh, let's take us, uh, take us through the thursday premieres now in our mega premiere yeah right so on the 22nd um superstore comes back on nbc for its second season which will be exciting for a lot of folks i'll probably start watching i didn't watch season one at all but i'll tune in for season two to give it a shot since so many people have really enjoyed it yeah season one yeah it's good yeah uh gray's anatomy comes back for its 13th season or rotation if we want to use the medical term um uh rosewood comes back for its second season um on fox and then also coming back is the blacklist for its fourth season on nbc chicago mid comes back for its second season on nbc and season three of how to get away with murder starts back as well um but the new shows that we have include notorious which is an abc show that's in the scandal slot uh since scandal's taking a little bit of a longer hiatus due to carrie washington's pregnancy um did you get a chance to watch notorious i did and right so this has got piper Paraboo. And I can't remember his name for the life of me. Um, but he was on Rescue Me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she plays a producer for like an HLN Nancy Grace style show. And he's a lawyer. They craft the news and help each other. And it's all kind of scandalous. And this kind of heightened drama, ABC Thursday brand stuff. 
but and i'll just toss that to you (laughs) well honestly i like this way more than i expected to i got to the end of the pilot and i was like i actually kind of care about lawyer dude a little bit here and i'm like way to go i'm you know like i i was i was very surprised you know i i think they take what is such tired material and they do it surprisingly well and they managed okay. to get actually get me a bit more connected with these characters and and i think it's because they don't forget to have fun that this yeah, is a show it, that should be fun yeah it is a much more fun than most of their other thursday shows have been i'll give it that i just yeah. wasn't like really drawn into it at all this is one that i could absolutely see like binging several episodes or like you put one on after you know it's been on your dvr for a while and uh you're like doing something else you know or like it comes on and you're like oh i'll watch the next one you know while i'm doing this and you could turn around and you could have binged like five episodes of it um now it's not appointment viewing for me but i feel like going into the scandal slot is a good place for this and people looking for that kind of a fix um, while they wait for Scandal to come back, this I think this will work well for them. So I don't know if it'll do well, but uh, I was certainly surprised to turn around, get to the end, and be like, hey, not bad. Definitely better than a lot of the other pilots. At least that was me. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also a really low bar this year. <laughs> well, you say that, and a lot of people have been saying that, but I feel like I feel like there's a lot of critics out there who just say every year, these are the worst pilots we've ever had. And I don't think that is true this year. And I don't think it was true last year when everybody was talking about it. Um, it wasn't true last year. I feel like it's more true this year. But Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there's just, like, you know, it's serviceable. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I think is serviceable this mm-hmm. year. But nothing that I'm immediately grabbed with. But what I am immediately grabbed with is uh, Fox's new baseball drama, Pitch which uh, deals with the first woman to play in the major leagues uh, baseball. Uh, She uh, gets called up from the minors to play for the San Diego Padres. Um, You didn't get a chance to watch this one. Um, No, I did not. No. Do you have any interest in watching this, though? Yes, because everybody says it's good, and I can enjoy a baseball show with with the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, the pilot's really solid. It's directed by Paris Barclay. Paris Barclay can direct the shit out of television, and that's just goes to be proven in this. Um, it's really, really good. Um, Mike Parr Gosler is in it, uh, rec- unrecognizable under a very big beard, um, <laughs> but he's really, really good. Um, Kylie Bun- Bunbury, who plays uh, Ginny, who's the... Uh, protagonist is really really great as well um it's just a really exciting really compelling pilot i'm very very excited um about this i'm a little less sure about what the show does after episode one in part because they can't afford to do baseball games every uh week because Mm -hmm. those are really expensive for them to shoot um uh so there'll be a lot of wow that was a great game guys after they get done with the game in the locker Mm -hmm. room um which I'm not quite sure how that's how well that'll work for them, but we'll see. But I'm really really excited about this, um, and I'm hoping it's going to be really really good. I'm really hoping it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to checking it out. And if I wasn't having screener website issues, <laughs> I would have already seen it. And that that yeah. and Lethal Weapon. I think is does Fox have the best slate this this fall? Um. 
I, I think it's kind of split, um, mainly because I think Pitch and The Good Place were basically my two favorite ones that I watched, and then, like, mm-hmm. This Is Us, so it was kind of spread out. Everyone else was just kind of meh to serviceable for me this year. Okay. So, but those were the two, like, I wasn't very impressed with the two CW pilots, but we'll get to that in a, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but... Wrapping up the 22nd is a new Netflix uh, comedy anthology from Joe Swanberg called Easy, which Netflix puts out so many things that I'm just like, okay, sounds <laughs> great, enough. guys. Yeah, it's a six-episode <laughs> anthology series, and it's dropping on a, t- on a Thursday, which is unusual for them. Which is but... weird, too, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we'll see if we make time for that when we get into that week. Given how busy that this, these weeks are, I kind of doubt it but maybe we'll see um on the 23rd of september coming back we have transparent coming up for season three on amazon longmire is doing a season five on netflix last man standing is up to season six guys on abc yeah but i could only get one season of christella yeah but this is getting sexy oh okay i'm gonna go power and finish up the day okay okay (laughs) we've got uh blue bloods uh and hawaii 50 both still just coasting on fridays on cbs (laughs) dr ken on abc but there are uh in hell's kitchen on fox but there are three new shows here for debuting on the 23rd um van helsing is on sci-fi channel i don't actually know much about that besides you know van helsing lady van helsing lady Lady van helsing Very yeah. important distinction there. We've got The Exorcist, which I was hearing positive buzz on, on, on yeah. Fox. Is it... What do you think? It's it's fine. Um, it's very it's very heavy on setting up the premise, which I thought was a little weird. Um, but then I remembered, like, the original... The film is very heavy on, like, setting up atmosphere and everything at the first going, um, which is the big thing I actually like about that movie a lot. But this is just really big on, like, setting up, like, the conflict um, in the first episode. So it's good. It's got some, it's got some creepy moments, but I really need to see a second episode before I can, like, commit to it. But I'm interested enough that I want to see a second episode, which I think is a good sign. Well, yeah, it says a lot because I see, oh, they're making an exorcist show. Right. Really? I'm already not watching Outcast because that is, like, what's... uh, has been at least the episodes I've watched an actually really effective and I would say good show about exorcism, but it's super creepy. So I don't really, you know, and depressing and everything. So that's why I haven't kept up with it. I don't know that I want to watch the Fox version of it, but I'm intrigued then. The other one we have uh, debuting on the 23rd, Friday the 23rd of September is MacGyver. And the fact that this CBS has their new MacGyver show on a Friday tells me everything I need to know about it because this is a huge name. It's a huge property. And the fact that they are throwing it on Fridays tells me they don't really want people to watch it. Well, the other thing is, is like, this is slated to premiere in about a month. Um, Of all the other pilots available, there's no pilot for this. Why? Because this is the third time they've shot this pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Because... CBS keeps going, no, 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 we need to fix this. And then the most recent version, they kept two of the actors and recast everyone and did a behind-the-scenes overhaul. And so we're probably not even going to see this until basically the week that it comes out. Yeah. But not yeah, hopeful. It, being, being on Friday is just not a great sign, even though CBS's expectations for Friday are basically, can you keep up with Five O and Blue Bloods? Then you're fine. 
then you're fine. On September 25th, Sunday, the next week, Sunday, uh, we've got a bunch of shows coming back. Bob's Burgers is back for season seven, Woo! which is, makes my heart grow two sizes. Uh, Once Upon a Time is back. Simpsons is back for season 28. Uh, Secrets and Lies is back on ABC. We've got Family Guy, Last Man on Earth, back for season three. Quantico, back for season two. Uh, the only thing I would mention of any of those is Secrets and Lies. I've actually seen the first episode for that because that was going to be mid-season. And it was, then and they, they bumped it, it. Back. Yeah, yeah, and I actually was uh, en- enjoyed it. Enjoyed the episode Done. I saw because I mean, Michael Ely, I'm gonna, you know, it's great. He's very good, and so that just like I think they, the overhaul they've done to it, um, or the way that they're shifting for this next season, I think from what I saw based on the compared to the first season, I think was a, a good change of pace and people who like the first season will probably enjoy the season as well. But uh, I, you know, I'm going to enjoy a Michael Ely show. That's just going to happen. Um, so that's, that's secrets and lives. Oh, why don't you take it over for the 27th, 28th? Right. So on the 27th, sci-fi has got a new horror anthology called channel zero, which seems vaguely um, black mirror-y. Um, mm. But yeah, We'll see, guys. Uh, Drunk History comes back on Comedy Central for its fourth season of drunken celebrities discussing historical incidences. Um, Criminal Minds comes back minus uh, Thomas Gibson. Um, Well, not immediately minus Thomas Gibson, but soon to be minus Thomas Gibson (laughs) um, for season 12, uh, which, yes, Criminal Minds is in its 12th season, everyone. Congrats. Um, uh, Also on the 28th, Code Black starts its second season. Um, I think yeah, that's a thing. Um, Younger, though, comes back for its third season on TV Land, which is Yay! exciting for Kate. Mm-hmm. And exciting for me in that just the fact that Sutton Foster still has work. Um, <laughs> and Pastor comes on TV Land for its second season, also on the 28th. Okay, on the 30th, the Friday of that week, there's a September, Luke Cage is the big news dropping yes. on Netflix. And then there's also a, sh- a show that's dropping on Amazon that day, but fuck Woody Allen, so I don't want to talk about it. Feel free to talk about it if you would like. No, who cares? Okay. No one no one cares, Amazon. Yeah. Oh, I, I care. I my, The way I care is I say fuck Woody Allen. Anyways, let's move on to October. Take it away. Right, so October 1st on Saturday, uh, Versailles, which is on Ovation, uh, is a British-French-Canadian co-production. Ooh, triple threat. Um, I'm assuming this is about the um, Court of Versailles, Kate. I have Mm -hmm. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I'm just guessing. (laughs) Um, And then SNL comes back on for its 42nd season on NBC on the 1st. And then on the second, NCIS LA um, starts its eighth season on Sundays. I get, is it moving to Sundays? That's new, right? That's new. Yeah, that's new. Yeah, yeah, that's new. Uh, so it's moving to Sundays um, on CBS. And then Ash versus the Evil Dead starts on Stars for its second season, which is something I almost wish I had Stars to watch because I'm a big fan of the Evil Dead franchise. But I haven't watched any of this, and I should probably rectify that at some point. <laughs> um, Blunt Talk also starts up on Stars that same day. I haven't seen any of this, but this is season two for that. I'm assuming it's a weed show. 
Yeah, this is the um, the one with Patrick Stewart as like the the talk show host, and I was not very oh, fond of it. But other people liked yeah. it a lot more. I forgot that this was a thing. Yeah, right. I forgot that this was a Patrick Stewart show. Yeah, not right. not so much with the weed for this one. That's just right. uh, yeah, a <laughs> different pun. They have not, at least to my knowledge, taken significant advantage of, other than he's boozing and drugging and all that oh. stuff. The character, but you know, anyways. Gotcha. Uh, I'm more so excited Matt- for the other fears. All right, yeah. Like Madam Secretary. No, no, probably not Madam Secretary, but its second season starts. This was a really solid uh, first season that they had. I stopped watching, um, but it's a very competent, well-put-together show that just decided to do weird things with Tim Daly's character, and I stopped paying attention. But and he was really, really great on it. Um, Shameless comes back for its seventh season on Showtime. Elementary comes back for its fifth season on CBS and Scorpion, also shifting up time frames, uh, time slots, comes back for its third season on uh, CBS. And then that's going to be on the Monday, though, on the third. Oh, that's going to be on Monday. I moved ahead. Sorry about that. So the big premiere on that Sunday, then, is HBO's much-troubled but still hotly anticipated Westworld um, and I say hotly anticipated because everyone else is really excited about this. I finally saw a trailer for it and went, that's a fifesome in a bordello, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Why does every show that features robots feel the need to uh, make, sh- like, feature, like, at least as I understand it, and and this is a very common thing in sci-fi shows featuring robots. They're like, let's make sure we know and the viewers know that these robots are definitely being sexually abused and they can't consent. So, like, you know, we can show that, you know, people are not really treating these robots as if they have any sort of autonomy. Let's make sure we show them getting physically beaten on. But more important, let's make sure we show sexual violence against female robots. Like, seriously, every time there's a robot show, Yes. Yeah, and the other problem is, is like, there's there's a case to be made that you, there's an allegorical aspect of this, but I immediately go, well, then why are you still feeling really exploitative about your allegory if you're trying to make a point? You can't have yeah. your cake and eat it too, guys. And that's what yep. it really feels like a lot of these shows do. It's just like, oh, but we're really trying to explain how women are mistreated, but we're using robots to make that point, but we're also going to linger on their tits and asses. And it's just like, nope. Mm-hmm. No, you guys don't get to do that. <laughs> no. Well, you, you feel free, but uh, yeah. we're going to call bullshit on it. Yeah. 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 So anyways, there, there are plenty of things that are, at least for me, to be excited about with Westworld, but that is certainly a disappointing element. And the response from the HBO uh, president uh, at... TCA is to like not even consider that that would be something that critics would ask about um, does not point me towards a lot of uh, or encourage me that there's a lot of awareness going on at the HBO level. But uh, who knows what that'll be. On Monday the 3rd, we get even more premieres, Kate. All the premieres. Yay! Yay. Uh, so, so Scorpion's the returning show on Monday. But then we've got two new premieres on October 3rd. We've got Conviction on ABC and Timeless on NBC. So first up is going to be the Conviction uh, quickie discussion, which is uh, the show that ABC decided to pick up instead of doing another season of Agent Carter. At least that's how we're framing this. And um, Haley Atwell stars as a 
super good lawyer slash law professor who's also the former first daughter of the United States of America who's had a lot of problems and but now she's been blackmailed into helping this conviction integrity unit and going over old cases and yeah guys it's really bad uh, <laughs> it's it has a super charming cast I mean don't get me yes. got Emily Kinney's yeah. in there and Marin Dungey's in there and there's a lot of people in this that I really enjoy but and, and Haley Atwell is doing her darndest to make this work like by the end of the pilot especially the last scene but it's yeah. just it's not good it's not good. She's so um, much better than this pilot. Yeah, and her accent's also a little wobbly. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what she's going for. At first, I thought she was trying to do some sort of Holly Hunter Holly Hunter riff, but then that kind of just went away, and I it just kind of became kind of flat. Um, just wasn't very good. I was mostly in it for her clothes, because her clothes in this are fantastic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's not good, guys. It's not good. No. Uh, Also not good is Timeless over on NBC. Yeah, Timeless is not good either. But Timeless okay, Timeless is a show that if they tweaked certain things, I could super get behind. Because it is silly and ridiculous and there's time travel and I really enjoy Abigail Spencer and I really yeah. enjoy Lem from Better Off Ted. And Malcolm Barrett, yeah. That sure, Lem from Better Better Off Ted. <laughs> uh and in like they travel back in time. This is a show, you know, there's time travel stuff. Don't even worry about it. Um, and then and she's like walking around because Abigail Spencer's character is a historian, a history professor. Uh, and she's walking around going, oh, I'm in the past. Look at this gleaming row of cars all from the exact same year in 1940. And everything's clean and everything's perfect. I'm like that's it's just ridiculous. That's not it's not even remotely believable or, or, or what realistic in an odd way. But I, I don't need to care about that if it's right. super fun and, and, like, you can just get along with the energy of it. And uh, and I almost do with her. Because, again, she's really good, I think. And yeah. I think she does uh, really good work with... I, like, I got... By the end of the pilot, there's, like, some twist-ish stuff that happens. I was super invested with how things relate by the end... For her, by the end of the pilot. But I just do not care about... Um, chiseled white guy who's the other third of the like the team that travels in time so you've got lem from uh uh better off ted uh what's his name the actor's name malcolm barrett i think malcolm barrett yeah uh who does a good job and he makes a very excellent point of he's a black guy he doesn't want to travel into the past. That's not a good thing for him. There's never an awesome time in america to be a black man yeah no so i i really enjoyed that um and there's it's also implied that there's some uh, other stuff going on that there there's some there's some stuff time travel stuff that happened before the pilot began. You can read between the lines, and I look forward to seeing how they spool that out over the you know first however many episodes um, with that character and with the Patterson Joseph character, who's like the shady you know tech millionaire Elon Musk, yeah, guy <laughs> behind this technology. Um, and again, I like I said, I'm invested in the Abigail Spencer character. And then you get this guy who's too young to have de- developed a long enough career in the military and also have this close relationship with this wife who is, has had some tragic thing happen. Like, 
I don't buy him as this character for a moment. And it doesn't help that he's also an idiot. He's terrible at time travel. He should never have this job. And he's just there to be a romantic interest. And there's no connection with, with Abigail Spencer. Like, why did they cast this guy in this role? It's not a good fit. Right. So we're talking about uh, Matt Lanter, who some of you may know from uh, the short-lived 90210 re- reboot. I know him as the voice of Anakin Skywalker from Star Wars The Clone Wars, and he's really good on that. But well, he's Clone Wars really... is great, yeah. Right. But he's dismal on this. Like, I, I actually texted Kate while we were while she was watching. I was just like, he's a terrific voice actor. He's a terrible physical actor. Um... But yeah, he's just he the character of Wyatt is just really massively underwritten and it's just it's a really boring character. It's just it's bad and the pilot just makes weird choices of, well, we need to let this character die and then oh, we're going to rush to save this character from dying and it's like, wait, but no, you just said 20 minutes ago that the character had to die so history wouldn't have to be changed. But you can't no, make up your minds, guys. Um mm-hmm. so this will be a Time travel of the week as uh, Goran Viznik, who's the maybe bad guy. It's for a good reason, maybe. It's not really super clear what he's doing yeah. um, in the I pilot just, anyway. No, I don't care. Right. It, it barely matters. But, I mean, the thing is, is, like, they're not stuck in time. They go back in time each week to a different point because he's trying to destabilize America, maybe, or mm-hmm. do something. And so it's not Quantum Leap, it's not Sliders, alternate universe type stuff. It's just, oh, he activated the machine, rally the team. It's just like, guys, no, no, no. Yeah, now, it's, the, it's idea, <laughs> the idea that every time they travel back to the present, they will likely come back to a slightly different present because just the fact that they've time traveled back, you're not going to be able to control every variable. That gives a lot of, there's right. a lot of potential in that. That could be really fun. There's so it much could they be. could do with this show and with portions of this cast. I mean, talk about underusing character, underusing actors. Again, you have Patterson Joseph. Hopefully he will get more to do. And also the, I can't remember the actress's name, but the more direct boss, of course, people will know from season one of House of Cards. She's done like a million things and she's always really great too. I don't know that actress's name, but like, what they choose Shikina to focus Jaffrey. on, yeah. What they cho- choose to focus on instead is just the least interesting, the most rote elements of it. So this is from Eric Kripke, who created Supernatural, that ran the first five seasons of that, um, and some other people who are not coming to me right now, but are, are t- you know good at Sean good at Ryan. This. Sean, Sean Ryan, Ryan too. Sean Ryan's really good at TV. They're both really good at TV. This is just not a very good pilot. No. So hopefully <laughs> they figure some stuff out. But I mean. Unless people start t- telling me, like, I'm, this could be, like, laundry folding, like, shut the brain off and enjoy fun hijinks in time kind of thing for me. Um, I don't know if, if you have that level of connection even with it, Noel. But, like, but only if, like, I'm only going to be able to do a couple more episodes even on that very, like, asterisk-laden viewing approach. If they don't start shaping things up quickly, my love for Abigail Spencer is not going to carry this. Right. When I realized that um, Crawford had the better post-rectify gig, 
uh, with the <laughs> Lethal Weapon reboot, I was immediately concerned. Yeah, that's not good. That's not what you want. Um, okay, well, moving on, the next uh, batch of pilots here. I'll just go through the rest of that week. On Tuesday, uh, October 4th, we've got The Mindy Project coming back on Hulu for Season 5. We've got uh, The Flash coming back and on Tuesday and Arrow coming back that Wednesday, October 5th. Um, and on that Friday... October 7th, we've got the second half of the first season of The Ranch on Netflix. But the we also have that week two new CW pilots. So on the 4th, we've got No Tomorrow. And on, on Wednesday the 5th, we've got Frequency, which is, of course, the remake of the, the movie of the same title. So, so, Noel, take us through these two pilots. Uh, how was No Tomorrow? All right, so No Tomorrow has um, basically Galavant. Um <laughs> <laughs> is convinced that um, the world is going to end in, like, um, eight months or so from an asteroid collision. Um, and he's living his life to the fullest, and he has a chance meeting with a woman who works in the... in basically, like, an Amazon warehouse where all your products are stored and the working conditions are miserable, um, based on that mm-hmm. uh, article I read in, I think, The Atlantic years ago. Anyway, um... And they meet, they have a chance encounter, he explains what he thinks, and it basically turns into this kind of, he has a list of things that he wants to do before the world ends, and she gets kind of sucked into this mentality. And there's a degree of charmingness to this, in part because it's Joshua Sassy? Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Joshua Sass- Sassy. Yeah. yeah, playing Xavier, who's the apocalyptic guy. And basically the show doesn't function if it is not him because he's really hot and he's really charming and charismatic, but he does really kind of horrible things Mm. like impersonates her in an email to get her fired so that she can do all these. Yeah. Kate's making the face that I knew she was going to make when I explained this to her and it's, but she decides to keep her job, but still do the, I'm going to live my life to the fullest type of mentality thing. So she gets sucked into his orbit after saying no to her um, fiance who mm-hmm. proposes to her also. Yeah. Kate's eyes are just getting bigger guys. And it's not, it's, it's a very, could be a very charming little comedy, but it has really problematic stuff in it and not in the problematic way that we kind of relished in crazy ex-girlfriend this is just why are you making this decision there's no good reason for this decision you're obviously not suffering from some sort of mental health problem why are you doing this yeah yeah so that was really kind of frustrating to watch that and i was really disappointed by this because i was actually expecting quite a bit from this i liked the premise before i watched it Mm -hmm. um but i just went oh this is this is really uncomfortable and these are not good things that are happening to this woman and she's just kind of she responds poorly to them but then she's just like oh we're gonna do this do them anyway but i'm gonna try to exert more control over the situation i just went no no Mm -hmm. Um, so, not excited about that. Um, Frequency is not good either. Um, but it's not good in a different way from No Tomorrow in that it's not good in the fact that this does not need a back nine. Because if it gets a back nine, your story's stretched way too thin. Um, so based on the movie with, uh, Dennis Quaid and pre-Jesus Jim Caviezel, um with the radio and time stuff and 
it's very different for CW in that they're very Peyton List is like the one pretty person in this cast, and it's all very like adult driven. Um, but and it's very cop procedural. Like it could feel at home on basically NBC right now, almost in a lot of ways. But it's it's nothing that needs twenty two episodes to get through its premise. But then I'm immediately wondering what season two is because I finished this and went, well, what's your what's your 14th episode and do you need one and the for me right now the answer is that you don't need a 14th episode but there's plenty of time travel type stuff also because there's a lot of time travel this season everyone mm-hmm. um so she changes the past through the radio with hit with her dad's actions so things change and she has to deal with all that but she also remembers the past as it was and all this sort of stuff it's it's not great by any stretch of the imagination, but it's very different for the CW. It's a very different approach for them. Um, I'm just not sure that this is a show that needs a back nine, and it probably shouldn't get one because CW's schedule is just already really packed anyway, and I want iZombie back sooner rather than later. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so those are the CW pilots that we're going to get at least this fall. There's a, like, still haven't gotten Riverdale yet, Kate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not interested in that one though. So yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. The those descriptions. So, I mean, I'm still going to watch these pilots because right. I watch all the network pilots, but um, just for the podcast and because I clearly am a masochist. But um, uh, yeah, that's that's a little underwhelming. I'll tune those expectations. Not, I didn't have expectations for these, but I'll tune them yeah. back a bit anyway. I look forward to your rage that week about No Tomorrow because I. I was talking with some. I was talking with some of my um, TV Guide friends, and I was just like, "Kate's gonna hate this so yeah. much." And she's just like, "They were just like, why?" And I just went, "This, this, and this." And your face just confirmed that for me. So thank you. Yeah, <laughs> just like the kind of condescending mansplainy, like, but see, but I know the world's gonna end, and it's what's best for you. Kind of that's like that. I'm getting that vibe from your description and yeah, but it's super charming because again, that's the only reason they get away with it is because it's Joshua Sassy and he's really charming and charismatic and he's really hot. I'll just watch some Gallivant again, frankly. Right, exactly. I think that's probably your best option. Yeah. Um, moving on, uh, the week, the next week we have on October 9th, uh, the two new comedy pilots from HBO, Divorce and Insecure. Divorce is the the one with Sarah Jessica Parker. Insecure is one from Issa Rae um, with Larry Wilmore, also helped create it. Uh, it's based on Awkward Black Girl. Uh, I'm really looking forward oh, okay. to that one. Um, any thoughts on these? Have you, have have- you heard anything about them or... I heard about divorce just because of the Sarah Jessica Parker stuff, but I didn't know anything about Insecure, and I'm really excited now about that. Yeah, that sounds really... I'm excited about that. Absolutely. We've got uh, on Monday the 10th, October 10th, we've got Supergirl starting on, on the CW, Two Broke Girls continuing on CBS. Um, then on Tuesday the 11th, coming back is The Middle, Fresh Off the Boat, and Real O'Neill's on ABC, and debuting with that is American Housewife on ABC. This one, I hoped, would be solid and I thought was not good at all. What did you think of American Housewife with um, the, oh, I can't remember her name, who the lead, she was so wonderful on um, on uh, Eastbound and Down, and uh, she's popped up. I've really enjoyed her when I've seen her in different things, and Dietrich Bader plays the husband. Um, yeah, what did, what, what, did you, what did you think of this one? We've got Leslie Bibb as the next-door neighbor with two Fitbits. Katie Mixon? Katie Mixon, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, again, this is one of those ABC Family comedies that has a very distinct voice. 
Um, I'm just not... I wasn't feeling it. Feels um, like they're trying way too hard. Yeah, I think that that was the thing, is that they were trying too hard on a couple of different things with it. Mm-hmm. Is that there's this very kind of class-driven aspect to it. And then there's this body type aspect to it. And while those two things are very interrelated, the show doesn't do a great job... At, the show, the pilot, doesn't do a really great job of making those feel as connected as I think they probably should have been in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I I just kind of struggled with it. I know that um, for a lot of folks, some of the more um, weight-driven humor really rang really well for them. Um, I didn't totally latch onto it. But I wasn't latching on to a lot of this other stuff. I mean, like, she's got an Alex P. Keaton-inspired son who is not nearly as charming as Michael J. Fox in the 1980s. Um, their daughter, one of their daughters has, like, re- severe OCD type of thing, and she's only, like, eight. Um, and then their eldest is turning into one of the uh, Connecticut wives that the mom hates. And it's just like... I don't know what we're doing here, but I kind of like the chemistry between um, Diedrich and um, Katie Mix, uh, Katie Mixon, but the rest of the show just doesn't feel there in this pilot. It, it feels, the kids feel very mannered, and yeah. the um, the dynamic with the the parents I think works really well. I mean they're both they're both really good, so they're gonna right. make they're and gonna make it work. They're pros, too. Yeah. like they've been yeah. around quite a long time. They know their stuff. Um, I need it's just there's an element of smugness also to the narration, and if if there was more of a sense of this being the fault of a flawed protagonist, then that I think would work better. Because she goes on about, the, like, the skinny bitches in her town. But her two best friends are both in really great shape. So it's not like... But, but, they're both minorities. Which and they're is both the other minority. thing. One's yeah. a black lesbian and the, the other one's kind of a timid Asian woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but, but again, there's this notion of, um, of her being like, oh, all those skinny bitches. Like, well, yeah, but your two friends are skinny, too. So it's not like... Yeah. No, it's, it's like very specifically these distinct people so this idea of she's got prejudices about some of those some of these other the other moms and stuff you could play on that more and be like okay yeah so maybe some of them are horrible but some of them probably aren't and like if there was more nuance there i think that would work better but there at least for me there wasn't and yeah, yeah. the the like the alex p keaton wannabe kid is just it's not Obnoxious. funny it's just like it's not really, funny no i mean the, the the stress of trying to make sure that wanting your kids to be in a situation where they have a lot of advantages, but then not wanting them to become people who take those advantages for granted. Like, the the, the balance between that is an interesting thing to examine, but this show is not doing anything interesting or nuanced with that. So, uh, and it's just, like, the... It's just trying too hard for, like, self-assured sass and everything, too. And it just... It doesn't come together. In the pilot. Who yeah. knows what it'll no. become. Right, it it could be significantly better, but on the upside, at least she's not a racist homophobe. There we go. And that was a yeah. fun. That was a fun turn. Um, you'll yeah. if you watch, you'll know what we're talking about. Um, yeah. the last one uh, debuting or returning on uh October 11th is Chicago Fire, which is back for season five already. Null five. Um, wow, but, I yeah. feel really old now. Yeah, right. I didn't know that that was in its fifth season. Yeah. Yeah. I feel really old now. Okay. 
moving on. <laughs> um, on October 13th, uh, Legends of Tomorrow comes back for its second season, uh, which is vaguely exciting for me at this point. I kind of liked how the season wrapped up for the most part. Um, Supernatural returns for its 12th season. That show will continue to run forever. It'll outlive us all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then premiering new on USA is Falling Water, which the previews that I've seen in between um, for Mr. Robot make this seem kind of interesting. Um, this is some sort of like dream the cell type of mix. Um, I'm vaguely intrigued by this. Have you, what do you know about falling water? All I know is the buzz I was hearing out of Comic-Con because it screened there. And then from people who have seen the pilot, I've not seen the pilot is that it's actually um, too confusing. And it did like, okay. it's of like, even in a pilot, not doing a good job of, of, of having things to make sense. You don't need to hold our hands, but I was talking to people who watch a lot of TV and a lot of genre TV, and even they were having trouble keeping things straight. And that was the buzz out of TCAs as well, like critics not okay. understanding what was happening and talking to the creatives, and they'd be like, "No, but I think it's pretty clear." It's like, but you're talking to a room of critics who are telling you it's not clear. So yeah. Maybe, like, if they they watch a lot of TV, so if they can't keep up with it, maybe you don't have a clear read of it. But, I, you know, I, like I said, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen yeah. the pilot. So hopefully if there are issues, they're tweaking them. There's some time they here they can adjust. But yeah. uh, we'll see. I'll keep going. Um, on the 14th, uh, Goliath drops on Amazon, which is their David E. Kelly. And wait for it. It's a David E. Kelly legal drama. What? what? Get out of town crazy and we joke but he did do a school drama too but still yeah um but this one didn't go through the standard amazon pilot process just like the um we're not going to talk about woody allen show they just went straight to straight to series with it um netflix will also drop a colleen bollinger show called haters back off uh that day as well um yeah go ahead do you know anything about that um, I don't know no. anything about haters back off. Again, all. it's I think that's based on uh, either a web show or a pre-existing property, um, but okay. I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar with that uh, with with the creator or with the previous property. So I'm sure that's something that some of our listeners will be more up on. And if so, reach out and let us know if we should check it yeah. out. Yeah. Um, the next week we have uh, on USA Eyewitness. Uh, this is Sunday the 16th, October 16th, which is uh, based on, it's a remake of a Norwegian show. It's starring Julianne Nicholson. Um, and uh, there's a, it's like a crime thing. Um, and I, or I want to, yeah, that's a crime one. There's another one that's coming up that's going to be, it's about um, uh, whether someone, a, ca- a case, uh, if someone in jail is innocent or guilty. But um, okay. this, I think that's a different one. This one, again, is based on the Norwegian crime show of the same name, but just in Norwegian. Um, on the same day on, in, on Epics, we have a comedy starring Nick Nolte and Sue Award called Graves. That's the family name. Of them, and that's all I know about it is that it's starring these two people who are, I think, married or maybe siblings, but I think married. Uh, and again, October 16th, that's all I know. Uh, very excited for on October 17th, Hamilton's America. What? On PBS. What? Documentary about the making of Hamilton. Uh, also, that night coming back is Jane the Virgin on the CW, uh, Odd Couple, because it's still going on CBS. Um, and then why don't you round out the week, sir? Sure. On the 19th, 
uh, Wednesday, uh, Hulu drops Chance, which is Hugh Laurie as a forensic neuropsychiatrist, which just sounds like they're doing House on Hulu, but with something else. Okay, guys, let's do yep. that. Um, on the 20th, on Thursday, Fox uh, continues its, hey, we're gonna we're gonna deal we're gonna deal with NBC with the Rocky Horror Picture Shows live. Let's do the Time Warp um, live musical, which should be a lot of fun. It's got a really good cast, and despite the fact that Grease Live wasn't like particularly compelling, it was more interesting to watch than any of the NBC musicals. So here's hoping that they work out some of the kinks, plus the fact that it rained um, during <laughs> Grease Live. That Rocky Horror is um, a little more. Uh, put together. Now, uh, I'm the, the one who wrote in the notes that it was a live musical. It, it's occurring to me, was I wrong about that? Is this one that they're taping and then airing? Because I think I want to say I heard something about that, but I could be wrong. I figured it was going to be live, too, but I could be wrong as well. Yeah, I don't, I'm not I just sure. figured it would be live um, for the eventness of it all. Yeah. Um, Netflix drops uh, the third season of Black Mirror. Is this the season that they're co-producing with? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so this is based on the success of everyone watching it on Netflix. Netflix went, well, we'll co-produce another season. Um, so get ready for more weirdness and media commentary about our lives that maybe hits a little too close to home. Um, and that's on Friday the 21st. Um, also premiering that day is will be The Vampire Diaries for its eighth season. Uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend comes back on uh this for its second season as well that day which is very exciting for both kate and i mm -hmm. uh mainly because kate will get to say josh something something exclamation mark and she loves doing that yeah yeah um on saturday on the 22nd on bbc america dirk jetley's holistic detective agency which is based on a douglas adams uh novel uh, and this stars Elijah Wood and a few other uh, famous folks. Um, starts up on the BBC. It looks kind of interesting. Um, I like the cast enough to check it out for at least a couple episodes. I just hope Elijah Wood's not doing the same thing he's done in a lot of recent stuff right. I've seen him Which in. Which is a fair concern. So hopefully it's like just something different. Because I really enjoyed him on Wilford. I've enjoyed him where I've seen him pop up. I just... I would like to see a different character. So hopefully that's what we'll get here. Right. And then rounding out the week on se September, goodness, October 23rd, The Walking Dead comes back for its seventh season. And we find out who Negan beat to death with a baseball bat. And by we, I mean, maybe Kate. I no. don't care. <laughs> don't care. Do not care. Um, that week on October 24th, we have Man with a Plan on CBS. This is a new comedy. Now, is the screener up for this one? Yes, but um, this is the screener up for Man with a Plan. This is Matt LeBlanc's uh, new sitcom um, in which he plays a contractor whose wife goes starts going back to work and he has to deal with the kids and it's craziness. Oh, it's crazy. Right. Um, this is not great. Um, but the pilot for it, um, that was up on CBS's website still has Jenna Fisher in it, and she's no longer on the show. Um, so ah. they recast her role with someone else. 
Um, which will make Kate happy, if only because now there's only a one-year age difference between the married couple as opposed to a seven-year age difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't particularly funny. There's a lot of, and this is also the case when we get to the Great Indoors preview, um, is that there's a lot of, ah, oh, kids today type of jokes, and their screens, and ah, oh, fish shake type of stuff. Um... LeBlanc's not very good in it. Um, it's just, it's not particularly good. Okay. Yeah. Noted. Um, on October 26th, Rectify is back for its fourth and final season on Sundance. Very uh, tears that it's the last season, but very glad that we're getting a last season. On the yeah. 27th, uh, October 27th, which is a Thursday, Mom and Life in Pieces are back on CBS. Um, and they're joined by The Great Indoors, which you just referenced also on CBS. Uh, so what right. is this one? Right, so Joel McHale plays a outdoors wilderness icon who's been like the face of this wilderness magazine for years. And he comes, he gets called back in by the publisher who's played by Stephen Fry, which I didn't know he was in this. And uh, it's because he, Fry wants McHale's character to basically start overseeing the magazine as it transitions to a website. Mm. And he, so that's fine. I mean, there's interesting things there, but. Basically, the entire thing is Joel McHale rails about millennials for 20 minutes as his entire staff is under like the age of 20, under the age of 30 and obsessed with social media. They've never been outdoors, so they don't understand anything about the outdoors, but they keep doing like lists of things you should do outdoors, but doesn't have any like grit or edge to it. Um, It's not particularly funny. The other problem is, is that McHale's character and Mikhail himself is too young to be playing this character <laughs> mm-hmm. because he's clueless about technology, which seems a little weird for a guy his age, but, and he's just really out of touch and he needs to be like 15 to 20 years older for a lot of these jokes to be landing. But the one saving grace is that we do get to see Joel Mikhail hold a baby bear at the end of the episode. And it's very, very cute. Um, but to really infuriate you, and I told you about this, I warned you, um, the age difference between Mikhail and the female lead in this is 13 years, Kate. Yep. 13. Yeah, enjoy that. Um, and yeah, we're not you're... supposed to notice that, are we? Oh, God, but it's really noticeable. Yeah. Because, I mean, Mikhail looks really good. I'm not denying that. But his romantic lead looks significantly younger than he does. Um, yeah, so not, not a great, not a great start. And also I found out that, um, the geeky kid from Superbad's only 27, Kate. And that made me feel really old. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Fair enough. No, I, I, he's actually, Christopher Miss Plants, uh, is in the, that being in that is more encouraging for me actually, because. And he's, he's he's good good in it. Yeah. Yeah. He's good in it. But. Okay, well, what about uh, premiering on October 27th, which is a Thursday, the same day, Pure Genius on CBS. This is a drama, and I would be normally vaguely positive because it's created by Jason Kadams. We love Jason Kadams, or at least I do. Uh, it stars Dermot Mulroney. What, what, what is the deal with Pure Genius? All right, so Pure Genius, uh, Mulroney's character is like this top-flight surgeon who is recruited by a, again, an Elon Musk-esque, Zuckerberg-esque tech whiz kid who has set up like this 
hospital complex that's got all the new cutting-edge technology, but since it's a private hospital, they don't have to deal with stuff like the FDA, Kate. They can innovate and disrupt the healthcare system and get people the help they need. And if I sound really cynical about this, it's because the sort of private sector disruption without government oversight, the libertarian wet dream of the private sector helping and doing what's best for all of us type of thing without any interference is just really kind of pipe dream nonsense um, that kind of infuriates me politically speaking. Um, That being said, it's a very aspirational representation of what medicine what a lot of people I'm sure feel like medicine should be and in terms of we need to do everything to help people that need help and so why are we letting things like this get in the way um and it's for that reason that I feel like pure genius if it gets like enough traction is going to do really really well for CBS um it's sharply it's sharply shot um it looks really good uh it's got a little bit of like a hook but not like a huge one that you can figure out actually really, really quickly. It's well acted by everyone, but it's just the premise of it just kind of makes me squirm in my seat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's perfectly fine is what I have in my notes. It literally just says perfectly fine. And But yeah, it's all about disruption, okay? Tech disruption. Okay, well, from tech disruption to... Yeah, a little bit more actual disruption, maybe. We have on October 28th on Amazon the drop of the season of Good Girls Revolt, which is one that I actually enjoyed the pilot of quite a bit. This is set back during the 60s, 70s, late 60s. This is the one about um, the group of of female journalists um, and starting moving towards feminism and okay. the one where this is one where Nora Ephron drops in in the pilot to stir things up and then leaves to work at a different magazine. Um, but I, I enjoyed this pilot quite a bit. Uh, I talked about it back when it dropped um, for its, its pilot season on Amazon. So I'm looking forward to that first season. And then I've already talked about from our Comic-Con coverage, really enjoying People of Earth, which is debuting on uh, Halloween on October 31st, which is Monday on TBS. And then I will pass it off to you, sir, to take care of uh, November for us, if you would. Right, sure. Um, November um, 5th on Friday, Netflix drops The Crown, which is a historical drama about Queen Elizabeth. Is that the first? The second. The the second. Okay. Yes. All right. I wanted to make sure that was right. So about the current Queen Elizabeth, which could actually be kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm actually vaguely intrigued by that. Um, TNT has the Michelle Dockery drama Good Behavior, um, which TNT's drama slate has not grabbed me and I don't have a compelling reason to watch this but this is on tuesday on the 15th on november 15th um on bbc america drops a new series uh called undercover with dennis haysbert and sophie okanito okanito Okanito. i almost got there um on thursday the 17th this um, is a co-production or it's like a re-airing of a bbc drama oh okay well that makes sense um i like both of them i may check that out um, on the 20th, um, TNT drops the third season. Third season of the Librarians? Third season of the Librarians. Third season of the Librarians. Okay, I I don't say third in disbelief. I just thought it was the second. Um, but I mean, it's a perfectly serviceable action series. Hey, those are um, fun. Th- they're fun. They are. It's And Christian Kane's fantastic. Mm. 
So he's yeah he is in that okay um I was like wait am I confusing that with leverage is still no um so the affair comes back for its third season of multiple perspectives on something um I guess on November twentieth on Showtime uh then Search Party premieres on Monday uh November twenty first on TBS this is one I'm really looking forward to and we talked a little bit about a week or two ago. Uh, when we discussed the end of Wrecked. And then on probably the TV event of the year for a lot of people, on November 25th, um, instead of spending time with your family or maybe spending time with your family while watching it, is Gilmore Girls' A Year in the Life is on Netflix all at once, much against Amy Sherman Palladino's wishes. But at the same time, you can just spend the entire day ignoring your family and spending time with the Gilmores. Is that what you're going to do, Kate? Uh, no, I will be spending time with my family. <laughs> and oh, I will, well, I will catch it at some point. But yeah, I'm, I'm less excited about this one than everybody else is. Uh, I don't really, I mean, I really enjoy Gilmore Girls when it was on and I like right. watching it now and everything. But I do not have the frenzy for this that everybody else does. But hey... You know what? I'm, I'm, I will look forward to watching this one and seeing what Sherman Palladino wants to do with these four, and it'll be something I probably enjoy. But I, I you know, <laughs> and if, if it's not, then I'll be, you know, I'll be fine with that too. And I can always go back to the the seasons of the show that I do so very much enjoy. But yeah, why not? Sort of how I'm at right. with Gilmore. Girls. Yeah, I, I, I haven't been like super keen on like this idea, but at the same time, like I have like an adopted family up here, but I don't have like a family up here. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh, the Gilmores. I can actually just spend my entire day eating turkey mm-hmm. and watching this on Netflix. So that go. is what I may end up doing. Um, and then uh, closing out November on the 30th, uh, Wednesday, Sci-Fi drops another new series called Incorporated, which should be a science fiction series in which corporations have taken over the planet. This doesn't sound like science fiction to me, (laughs) but, um, I'm actually really keen on this. I'm really excited just based on the premise. Um, and it's got a really solid cast as well, a really (laughs) solid cast. So I'm actually really, really looking forward to Incorporated a great deal. There's a couple of things left in December for you, Kate. Um, We have just a few more here. Uh, On December 7th, we're going to have Hairspray Live on NBC. Uh, Also dropping that same day, December 7th, which is Wednesday, is Hulu's Shut Eye, which stars Jeffrey Donovan as a failed magician who works as a psychic. Um, So, you know, how that you clearly make that transition. That's how it works. You fail as a magician, you become a psychic. Um, and then the last thing I'll mention is on December 11th, um, PBS is airing The Hollow Crown, The War of the Roses, which is what they're calling, um, the, it's like a sequel to The War of the, War of the Crown, or sorry, The, the, the Hollow Crown, which was uh, the first set of Shakespeare's historical plays. This is Henry VI, Part One, Part Two, and Part Three, and Richard Third, and it stars a bunch of really amazing British act- actors, um, including, but certainly not limited to, Benedict Cumberbatch, who will be playing characters in several, but specifically he'll be playing Richard Third. So I know for some people that will be appointment viewing, um, but I wanted to, to mention that because I always appreciate a good adaptation of uh or you know take on richard the third so uh that wraps up our lengthy fall and early winter i guess preview so you've already said the ones you're most excited about is good place and uh what was the other one 
pitch and pitch. this is us from yeah. the broadcast stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Those, uh, yeah, the, the good place, this is us are certainly the ones I'm, I'm most excited about as well. And hopefully there's, you know, I'm sure there are several we didn't even mention that have slipped through the cracks for us. If there's one that probably you guys are excited about, let us know, reach out and we'll try to, to get it in there try to, to like prioritize and throw it on our, our, our list of shows to check out when it premieres. But this is 143 shows that we listed here. It's too many. So many shows. So many I'm shows. I'm not watching all of those, Kate. You can't no, make me. I'm certainly not watching them all either. But uh, I, we look forward to hearing from listeners what you are most excited about. And you can reach us uh, by, by reaching out at our website, theteleverse.org, the post for this episode. You can email theteleverse at gmail.com. You can leave a rating or a review for the show and mention, you know, what you think we should cover in iTunes. We have an M4A chapter feed, an MP3 unchaptered feed. Uh, you can rate or review us in Stitcher. Be like Jody Lynn. Jody Lynn rated us and reviewed us in Stitcher. Thank you so much, Jody. She wants us to do a DVD shelf of um, Beauty and the Beast, the Linda Hamilton, Ron Perlman show. So hopefully at some point we'll be able to do that. that. Yes, we should do that. Right? I have the first, I think I still have the first season, but yeah, we should do that. Absolutely. That show's really good, actually. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you can also, of course, find us on the Facebook page and leave a comment there or just reach out on Twitter. I'm at the Televerse and Noel, you are? At Noel RK. And, uh, yeah, it's been a long one this week, guys. So thank you for sticking with us. And, again, like I said, let reach out. Let us know what you're most excited about this fall. Uh, but for now, that will wrap up our episode. So thank you all for listening. And we'll be back next week with another episode of The Televerse. Mm-hmm.